0: what's up everyone we're back it's game face episode 357 <laughs> here on sifted games at sifted.net i'm shane Satterton. we're back after missing a week of game face and alongside me to do that but i wasn't sure it was gonna happen <laughs> is matt kyle matt mm-hmm. you've had a bit of a rough road since we last saw you right yeah it was uh
1: a finally finally got covid yeah not only three, did matt three and, and a half get... years stri- a streak broken
0: yeah not only that you had covid when we did the last show uh yeah it would have been it was incubating yeah the time. he got sick I, the very next day yeah. after we recorded game the last episode of game face and i slid by i did yeah. not get it i thought it was i thought it was my allergies and then thursday night i had a
1: bad fever and i'm like well is this an allergy so I, I decided to take a uh a, the one of the home tests just it's out of win. curiosity and as soon as the liquid hit the thing just blind i was like <laughs> oh okay i i'll wait the 15 minutes but i think i see where I don't we're think going i need um, to yeah like it was darker than the control line like it was it was if anyone's no taking a covid test you know exactly yeah, what he's talking about no doubt so that was fun so
0: that yeah so the day starfield came out I got COVID. It is kind of crazy um, that you were sitting there and I was sitting here for three and a half hours mm-hmm. and I didn't get it.
1: Well, I wasn't symptomatic, so yeah.
0: you, you had an advantage. I mean, the big worry is when people are coughing. coughing it out already. Due. Yeah. Um, but still, I think it does show you that social distancing and a lot of the stuff the scientists yeah. were telling us worked. <laughs> well, and also, I mean,
1: look, I, some of it's just this new variant gets around some defense. You know, because I, you know, it's not like I've stayed home a lot Once yeah. I got vaccinated. I was, I mean, I've been movies almost every week. Um, I haven't worn a mask in a movie theater since November. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, and, and my doctor, actually, I thought I got it at the Magic Castle on Monday night. Um, my doctor thinks I probably got it at the grocery store Friday afternoon. Because mm. um, he's like, he's like, two days is possible for incubation, but it's fast. And like mm-hmm. more normal would be four to five days, and that matches up with having been at the grocery store on Friday. So I'm going to start wearing a mask to the grocery store again, I think. But, uh, cause I don't need to do that again. Yeah. One thing I will say, uh, is that if you do get it, uh, get that Paxlovid because I felt better like two hours after taking the first dose. It works. Yeah. Um, and so basically all I did for a while was play Starfield and sleep and, uh, not, not, not bad if you can get it, but yeah. luckily I did not get the brain fog and I did not lose my sense of taste, which were my two things I really didn't want. Cause yeah. if, if I can't taste anything that sucks. Um, also because like, usually when I'm sick, I don't want to eat and I don't want to drop. I was hungry the whole time when I had me too. I, I was really was, hungry when I had COVID Like, there was absolutely reason. no nausea. There was absolutely no me anything. Either. I was like, no, I just need, I was ordering food in constantly. Yeah. I, was I felt like,
0: like my body was telling me to eat.
1: Yeah, I probably needed food. Like, fuel. I
0: need it. Like, give me food. Yeah. And I ate like crazy when I had COVID. And,
1: yeah. um, yeah, it was, so that was, that was interesting. And then, um, yeah, it was, uh... Other than that, it was, it was not terrible. I, this, the third day, my throat was horrible from coughing mm-hmm. the previous days because I hadn't controlled the cough properly because yeah. I just thought it was my allergies. And then so, like, by Saturday, it was, like, daggers in my throat every time I swallowed, which was purely physical damage from the coughing. The COVID symptoms were fine. Like, they were mm-hmm. controlled pretty well by the by the Paxlovid. except for, like, I would get a fever at, like, t- 1130 at night, and then it would go away at 2 in the morning. Three days in a row that happened. Two, COVID is the to the, weirdest. to the point of the third day, like the third time. I was like, okay, I just got to make it to two, and yeah. sure enough, right at two <laughs> two a.m. Fine, felt fine. COVID is weird. It's the it was, it I've
0: never the, felt like I felt when I had COVID. It is
1: the weirdest disease I have ever had. It is bizarre. It is incredibly strange. I agree.
0: Well, we're all glad that you're okay. You've come through it okay. Feeling a hundred percent yet?
1: No, yeah, like I'm still, it takes a little while. I'm still pretty tired. Like I'm, I ended up kind of almost nocturnal, like because of the sleep, because of the dis- disruption of, and everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm still a little like, like, uh, like I'm a little lightheaded right now, actually, yeah. just from like, you know, I haven't talking act- a lot, talking yeah. a lot, and I haven't actually had to like sit down and do anything. Where you concentrate. You are concentra- like, like There's an element of like, oh, i got to do this for three hours. <laughs> I haven't had to actually do anything for any length of time without being able to
0: get up and walk away from it for like two weeks. Well, Matt, in the past, it's always been me. He's been going through something, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, if I need to tap out. If you feel like you need to tap out today, just mm-hmm. let us know. Um, this is kind of a bonus episode. Oh, not, Starfield's going to get this work. <laughs> like no, don't, don't, don't doubt that. We'll make it through that. Yeah, I mean, I just got back into town 30 hours ago or something. Mm. I got in really late on Monday night. Yeah, so well, there's no way we could have done it yesterday. Well, but. I've been awake for about an hour and a half. <laughs> so, you know, here we are. Yep. Um, but anyway, we want to squeeze one in because we did not do a show last week. Although I hope you guys appreciated all the work that I did before I left for my vacation to make sure that there was content running through the channels the whole time I was gone. It actually worked out perfectly. Um, I will say this. Having to work on Sifted on a little laptop with a screen this big was not mm. ideal. Um, I probably need to invest in a laptop for working on the road because I have an old like little mini netbook or whatever that I use. Uh, But otherwise, I think everything went great. Like I got some comments from people on YouTube who are like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be on vacation. But I had done all that stuff before I left. In fact, my pre-val of Starfield finished at like 3 in the morning, and I had to get on the flight at like 7.45. So I got it done just in the nick of time. But anyway, hope you guys appreciate it. I literally did like three weeks of work in like a week to take that vacation. Uh, But hopefully you guys enjoyed the content going through the channels, and we're back and we're back for good for the rest of the year. Um, we'll be rocking Game Face every Tuesday here on Twitch, every Wednesday archives for our patrons uh, until the end of the year. So lots of big stuff coming. Like luckily, we haven't talked about Starfield yet. That's gonna be a big focus of today's show. Uh, we also, Matt also played Sea of Stars. We're gonna talk about that. And then next week's show is huge. We're gonna have a bunch of big games in next, in fact, I think just for the rest of the year, Game Face is gonna be awesome. There's just so many great games coming out. I don't know how we're going to do October honestly I'm I'm starting to look at it now and I'm like I'm starting to think it might not be feasible for two people to get through Everything. So we're going to do our best, as we always do. Again, thanks to everybody uh, for your patience, allowing me to go on vacation for a little while. Uh, but hopefully you didn't notice too much that I was gone. I tried to work mm-hmm. as hard as I could to make sure that that was the case. Well, um, also,
1: even if you hadn't gone, we wouldn't have done the show. Right?
0: So. It actually, it's funny how it all worked out. <laughs> the only thing that <clears throat> didn't work out is we're a little late talking about Starfield, other than the fact that I put up my pre-val on way before the day it came out and then i put it up on our youtube channel on the day the game actually came out for everybody so that all kind of worked out anyway but we have not heard matt's opinion yet on starfield so you definitely want to buckle up and hold on for that coming a little bit in game face 357. uh we've been apart for a while let's bring up chat and see what you guys have been up to lots of uh, twitch prime in here it looks like we're already at level two of the hype train um emperor dread thank you for twitch prime that's awesome um, Toast9, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, scroll up here. Andy T. Monahan, thank you. Um, Cody S. Carter, thank you. Clip 20 thank you. Three, episode 357, you're fitting right in there, bro. Um, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. Uh, who else we got in here? B. Martin 3223 thank you for Twitch Prime. And he says... I recently sold all my PlayStation stuff. Sony is becoming way too expensive. We're going to talk about something that became more expensive at PlayStation Land here in the, in the housekeeping. So we'll just keep that in mind. B. Martin, welcome to the show. Uh, Ptor91, thank you. Meal 1983 thank you. Who else we got in here? SwoShow, Wampler13, and I think that's it. Uh, But anyway, I know I realize a lot of people probably may not show up today because it is a Wednesday. We don't normally do Game Face on a Wednesday. David 5807, thank you. Justin Horman, thank you. Um, Miss Game Face a ton. My week isn't the same without it. Thank you, matter of fact. I really appreciate that. And I miss doing the show, too. I used to say back um, when I worked at Game Trailers that my favorite day of the week was the day that we recorded Invisible Walls, and I feel the same way about Game Face. It's my favorite day of the week. It's the best day of the week. Totally missed hanging out with you guys, talking games. I think the cool thing about today is that you guys who have also played Starfield. And so after we're done with our discussion, we're going to go to our chat and we're going to look at what you guys are saying about the game to provide kind of an alternative perspective from what Matt and I have. So um, if I didn't mention it, Emperor Dread, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. Um, I saw um, Eric Karp-Menez took a shot at me over the Steelers. Fair enough. They got their butts kicked by the Niners. But I will remind you, and AJ the Legend reminds me as well, I will remind you that the Steelers started 2-4 and four last year and still had more than eight wins. So... Just a little reminder that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. You bet against that. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be fun to watch for the entire season. (sighs) Anything else you want to get off your chest, Matt, before we get going into the housekeeping?
1: Uh Uh-uh, no. I just, if we are going to talk football, I did really enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers' Achilles snap (laughs) over again in that replay. (laughs) That's crazy, man!
0: Like <laughs> he played four plays and then his Achilles snapped. My favorite
1: thing on that was, um, you yeah, know, because for those who don't know, Aaron Rodgers is a big vaccine denier and no, that's and, right, he is yeah. anti medicine and his doctors don't know anything. Kind of maybe person. he can
0: go take some ayahuasca uh, and his uh, Achilles will heal yeah, back well, together.
1: I saw was a gra- I, My favorite <laughs> tweet about it was someone like, was like, he's um, like. Uh, Aaron Rodgers bathed his entire body in ivermectin before the game to be invincible to all injury, but unfortunately his personal trainer held him by the ankle.
0: Held him by the ankle to <laughs> when dip he dipped in. him in the, in the horse paste. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, funny. I was like, oh, that's wonderful. I don't wish a torn Achilles on anybody, not even Aaron Rodgers. Well, that been, is one of the most painful things you can go through.
1: I just appreciated that it wasn't. That is, in fact, the myth of
0: Achilles. Right, right. So it's like, oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I didn't even put that it's, together. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant joke. That's great. Yep, that's pretty good. Um, so anyway, I think we're ready to get on with the housekeeping for today's episode. Um, we're going to start things off with Nintendo. Nintendo. Um, By the way, there's a Nintendo Direct tomorrow that Mm -hmm. was just announced today. Um, But was leaked about three days ago. Right. And we're going to talk about what we think might be in that in a minute. But the biggest story from Nintendo over the last week is that stories are now coming out, Matt, that at Gamescom, Nintendo was there with the successor to Switch, and they were showing it off to developers. And I guess what most people, most of the reports coming out of that are that people were blown away by whatever the switch Two super switch whatever they whatever they end up calling it were blown away by what they saw they said some people said that it looked like playstation 5 level visuals thanks oh. to dlss okay <laughs> which
1: i have a hard time believing yeah i'm gonna say the people that nintendo has chosen to show the switch to for the first time are probably going to be leaning in a certain direction on that. Well, they were developers, so I don't know what developers would be leaning. There's certainly Nintendo weirdos in development. Yeah, I, that's su- for sure. I assure you.
0: And my guess is the person who would be leaking that information would prob- <clears throat> would be inclined <clears throat> in that direction. So I, I see where you are coming from there. Um, I also don't believe it, even though they. they I mean, even- I'm sure there's a jump from the Switch.
1: They had because you know, using DLSS makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, they even mentioned that um, that the. The DLSS was what was helping it, and blah blah blah. So they did try to kind of, I don't know, hedge their bet a little bit on that mm-hmm. by saying it's not that the hardware. Also, is that powerful. again,
1: how big is the screen? What resolution is it running at? You know, yeah, like, are you running the, the Matrix demo
0: 1080p? Yeah, it's going to look all right. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, well, out, they actually that size.
0: They said one, they ran the Matrix demo, but also they ran Breath of the Wild. Some special version of breath of the wild that they had built to yeah, run you, on the new hardware you might as well sell us that one again I mean, yeah come on <laughs> well i don't think it was about that i think it was they wanted to show a game that everybody knew what oh it lo- sure what it looked like but also all <laughs> right they're gonna on. sell it again <laughs> you, we,
1: we this is not our first day with nintendo right? yeah
0: yeah um so i'm i'm with you like i don't believe that even with dlss it's gonna look like playstation 5 level visuals that's just a stretch too far for me no but i do think it's at least a little bit encouraging that they were impressed by the visuals at least yeah i mean uh, uh,
1: noticeable is good yeah
0: that they noticed it enough to say something about it i think is a positive sign that maybe the switch isn't going to be the switch two isn't going to be miles and miles behind the other just just a mile or so just one mile behind (laughs) the other consoles um if look, they said that it ran that the Matrix demo re- in real time. That's pretty impressive. I think. I mean,
1: so Unreal Engine Five support is important because otherwise you're not you're going to lose a, you're, lose on a lot of bunch of stuff. Yeah, but like I mean, yeah, DLSS is going to help you through that. Um, it's going to really matter about game to game support. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you know, some, some games use that better than others. You've, you know, and there's you can fit. You know, it's not because anything's stuck. You can always update it and you know improve the ghosting or improve whatever but um yeah i mean that's that's a viable strategy it's good to see that they're thinking of that but uh i don't know like well i'll wait and see what the hell this thing is going to be because it's like if we're honest i'm going to play nintendo games on this and that's it yeah you know like i can't think it can run it can run on neural engine 5 as well as it wants it's not going to run it as well as a ps5 or a series x or my pc so who cares
0: yeah you know yeah um you know, the the problem is it's going to be a handheld. And so you have mm-hmm. to worry about battery life. You have to worry about heat. You have to worry about... I mean, battery life is a big deal because so much ties into the power of the system with the battery life. So, you know, if the, if the system's really powerful, okay, that's possible. But you're going to get, like, 30 minutes of play before the battery's dead. So that's a balancing act that Nintendo always has to consider when it's working on its hardware. Mm-hmm. So my guess is the final version of whatever it is, Switch 2, Super Switch, or whatever... It's probably going to be a notch or two below what they showed the people at Gamescom. That would be mm-hmm. my guess. Once yeah. they start working on the practicality well, also, of getting it into a form Let's not forget that like,
1: we've seen Unreal Engine 5 games at this point, and they don't look like that Matrix demo. No, they don't, actually. So, yeah. Which is kind of disappointing. Well, there's not a lot happening under the hood of the Matrix demo. There's, yeah. no, there's
0: not a lot of game there. No, you're right. You know? yeah, so you can, you can throw everything at the, at the graphics, yeah. Um, and when you got to consider all the other stuff, yeah. it takes a hit. So... I think overall it's good news, though. I think most people expect would, didn't expect this news at all. Like, I think most people expected when they heard about it for the first time, they're going to be like, "Yeah, you know, it's like PS4 level, Xbox well, the, One the other, level."
1: Well, the other thing to note is like you can because of where we've advanced in the hardware, like you can use kind of older hardware in the same way the Switch One does in comparison to when it came out. Yeah, but you can add in those tricks like DLSS and some maybe even some kind of like rudimentary ray tracing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a lot of things you can add in there even to older hardware that can that can give you a little leap so yeah um so, th- so that'll be fine you know it's we'll wait and see what it looks like and we will see what it costs but like um hopefully they're not going to resell all the accessories to us again they, they will they will um, <laughs> how about just joy cons that work this right thing? you know, like yeah not that it ever bothered me because i've never used the joy cons for anything but like Everyone I know has stick drift on those things. Yeah. Well, of they, some kind or
0: Nintendo just filed a patent that's supposed to fix that. So just in time for the new hardware, I might add. So mm-hmm. hopefully they have a better design for the analog sticks <clears throat> for the next Switch. I also wonder, too, if the next Switch will have an OLED screen. Or if they'll go back to the cheaper LCD screen, that's what I figure. And they'll do the same thing they did with the first Switch where later on they'll release a more expensive version mm-hmm. with the better OLED screen. That's just my guess. but
1: Yeah, I, be- I thought that people who had seen it at this thing were saying it was it was just LCD. Oh, really?
0: I, I didn't see that. That's, what, that's what I
1: read. Who knows if that was true or not. Yeah. But no, I, I would never expect it to have an OLED screen.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's really the first initial news we have about the next Nintendo Switch. And I think it's encouraging. It's better than the alternative, which would have been like, yep, it's like Switch Plus or whatever. Yeah,
1: you show me Metroid Prime 4 and we'll talk.
0: Yep. That's probably going to be the big breaking point, I would argue, for a lot of people to see how that game looks. I think that'll be the harbinger of what's to come for that system when we finally get a real look at it. And not just this stupid teaser trailer we've been showing on Game Face for the last like five or six years at this point. Which is crazy. I hope that guy and his hair are doing well these days. (laughs) Uh, Next up. Starfield. Smashing success. Smashing Mm -hmm. commercial success. We're going to talk about the game itself a little later on here in the show for the first time, really, on Game Face. Um, but regardless of what we think of it, or what you think of it, or what all the people out there think of it, it's a smashing success. It's Bethesda's best launch ever for a game. Are you surprised by that at all, Matt?
1: No, no. Like it's, yeah, it's it's a universal theme and Skyrim, yeah. I mean, I remember being surprised that Skyrim hit as big as it did at the time because as someone who'd been playing Bethesda stuff since Morrowind, Mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where I never really expected that to break into the mainstream. It just wasn't a game, kind of game that people played en masse, you know, it was like, because what were the mainstream games at the time (laughs) were like fighting games and what, shooters? Yeah. You know, like, like the idea that that would be a thing was just in racing games, like it was, you know, in sports games, but like. The idea of like a giant first-person RPG open-world sandbox being a thing that people would get really into in the millions was not a thing then, but now like everybody does stuff like that, and it's and it's a very natural extension. Fallout Four did did okay, um, and space is big, you know. Like yeah. you, you know, look at this thing and it's an exciting idea. Like people that I know who never talked to me about games have asked me about this mm-hmm. game going all the way back to that June reveal thing they yeah. did, and like. I'm, well, as soon as I found out that people that I know who don't pay attention to video game news were somehow seeing that Starfield 45-minute demo, yeah. I was like, okay, this thing's breaking it's out. It's breaking
0: through. Yeah. In,
1: in a way that just most stuff doesn't.
0: Are you surprised that there's so many people who apparently, it appears, have bought it instead of just going on Game Pass and just paying 15 bucks for the month and playing it?
1: Not really. Yeah.
0: I bought it. Is it one of those games you think people look at it like it's a keeper yeah, and I they'll keep so. going back to it? Matter of fact, but... I
1: did get the collection edition. I forgot to bring it up. Oh. It's downstairs Oh, with the the little case and
0: the watch and all that stuff. Well, maybe we can find a break at some point and you can run down and grab it. But um, I was actually a little surprised that so many people bought it. Like, I thought it would be a boon to Game Pass, and maybe it is. I'm a little surprised Microsoft hasn't issued a press release yet talking about the boost to Game Pass. Like, I wouldn't guess they'd say raw numbers, but I thought they might put out a press release that says Game Pass subscriptions jumped 15% the first three days or something like that Mm -hmm. but we haven't seen anything like that so i do wonder if it's having an impact with it
1: not being a dollar
0: anymore maybe some people are just like well i'll just spend
1: the extra money and buy the actual game yeah because i think especially if you're new to game pass there might still be the element of like well i don't know when they're gonna like like netflix like people might be thinking of it like netflix or like a streaming service where you don't ever know when someone's gonna pull it down yeah you know like it's like well i want to make sure i still have it I do know a couple of people who got it on Game Pass and just paid for the premium, like the thirty dollars premium upgrade, so they could play it early. Early,
0: yeah. We talked about that on the show before. Kevin Rafa asked, "How often did you th- did you think NASA Punk when you played the game?" A Many lot. times. Yeah, I it mean, is funny it's how a, they it's plant a, that in your brain. Well, it's a dumb term, but it is an accurate. One. <laughs> it is like yeah. you see what they're going for. Yeah, it's funny though how like marketing promotion plants things in yeah. your mind and then well, you don't, recall
1: I, them. See, I don't think that's marketing. I think that's what they called it internally. I, it is. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that was but the. But then they board. mention
0: it in their trailers. Like they could have kept right. it to themselves. But,
1: sure, but like I, that one, that one developer who said it, you could tell like, he was super into that yeah. term. Like he yeah. was like that was his watchword for the whole game. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I see it. I see. I what see. They're it. At yeah. Here,
0: and the sure. more you play the game, I think the more you see it. Yeah. So um, I thought of it all the time. I don't know about you guys. Did you guys find yourselves like seeing certain like an, an outfit or a ship or just a little mm-hmm. piece of art in the game? All that the ship design. All
1: the it's it's the physical switches. It's the actual button. You know. Uh-huh. It's the idea, you know, instead I'm, of
0: having a touch screen yeah, and- a mo-
1: you know our moderns if we made starships in the next hundred years, they would be touchscreen mm-hmm. AR things. yeah, you know, they would not be that. But like this is everyone's flipping flicking switches and soldering things. Yeah. And it's like you know it's a more tangible like You're using old like, like mining thing.
0: equipment yeah. like yeah
1: and it kind of where you know the idea of it it kind of works more or less yeah. it's, it's, an, it's an appealing aesthetic. yeah I agree. Um, And you've got a, it's almost like Space Mountain. A little from, bit. It, like it's got that sort of 70s... It does, yeah. Like, 70s retro, like, like rocket tech. Thing. But it still feels futuristic when yeah. you experience it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting... Bow. Like it does, that's, the, that's one of its advantages, is it doesn't really look like anything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you see it. You mm. know exactly what it is. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, congratulations to Bethesda. Regardless of what Matt and I actually think about the game, or you think about the game, mission accomplished, which was, let's oh, yeah. make a game that people will pay for, and that's what they've done. So... So far, so good on Starfield. Uh, next up, in the midst of a lot of this Starfield promotion, people started asking Todd Howard about the Indiana Jones game. Which, which I was I completely forgot. <laughs> which was... everybody had. Because all we have is this little dinky teaser trailer that's like 15 seconds or whatever. Um, they haven't really talked about it or released much information about it. And people started asking him about it. They're like, hey, what's going on? Matt, were you encouraged by what he said about it?
1: I don't really think any of what they're saying about this matters. Really? I mean, he's like, oh, you'll be exploring. I'm like, sure.
0: I guess. I don't know. I mean, he said that when you play it, you'll feel like you're playing the movie. Well, what was he supposed to say? When you play it, you're not going to feel like you're playing Well, I... I don't know if that's is that the right approach to just make a game that feels like you're playing the movie or? I guess my response to that would be like, which movie right <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> which one because <laughs> not all Indiana yeah. Jones films are created I feel like equal.
1: Last Crusade awesome if you're going to make me feel like Temple of Doom not so much yeah yeah I hear Let's not you. talk about the other two yeah um, but like
0: yeah it's to sure. your point it sounds like it's way out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> way out is probably not Elder Scrolls 6 out yeah but it's it's out there. Machine Games is making that, right? Yeah. Who usually makes Wolfenstein? Yeah. Which I mean, they're a good pick for that. I mean, you better, be, fight- studio, you but better be fighting Nazis. Uh, yeah. I mean, for that reason, they're great for it. But they also make first-person shooters. They haven't made a lot of third-person action games. Mm-hmm. So, Do we know that that's what this is? We don't. Yeah, could that's my, first, that's what I'm that's why I'm asking. Could be Do you think maybe it could I mean, be a first person. I mean it'd game? be
1: kind of a shame to not be able to see Indiana Jones. Right. But then like, kind
0: of like, what's the point of the license? But Goldeneye, obviously. Goldeneye worked, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um but it's good to hear at least that Todd Howard had some idea about what's going on with the game. It sounds like it's way in early early pre production right mm-hmm. now. So I don't think it's probably not an early pre production.
1: I think it's I think it's well along, but they have nothing to talk about yet. And especially because I know this Firsthand from working with Lucasfilm on things, Lucasfilm has veto power over what gets said
0: when. That's true. So That's true. Todd can't say shit. So do you think Indiana there. Jones is coming before Elder Scrolls Six? Absolutely. Yeah, because Machine Games is making it. It's not tying up. I think that we'll I think we'll see that in
1: 2025. Yeah, and I think we'll see Elder Scrolls in 2026 if we're lucky. If we're lucky. Yeah,
0: that makes sense to me uh next up our old buddy Sean Layden remember him he was like kind of a flash in the pan at PlayStation for a while he was the guy that went yeah, up but
1: who wasn't right but
0: it is funny <laughs> like they've had these leaders ever since Jack Trenton they just kind of mm-hmm. come and go and they're there for a little while and then they're gone there was Sean Layden there was Andrew house and it, he I always liked Sean. Like he was a guy that I felt like when I talked to him, I felt like he was being honest with me, which I won't say about a lot of the executives that I've worked with in this industry throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like he has a heart for games a lot, a lot, a lot like um Iwata did. Um, he, I just feel like he has a passion for it. And he came out this week and he, he looks like a mountain man now. By the Shh. way, He like left PlayStation. He grew this huge beard. Like he looks like Grizzly Adams. Um, and I, I think anytime you see someone with a beard like that, you, you immediately think that now they're more thoughtful. <laughs> uh, oh, but anyway, Sean Layden. He learned, he learned wisdom yeah. in a mount, on a mountain somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sean Layden was at some event, I think in Texas or whatever, where he was talking about the dangers, the impending dangers to the games industry, things that could hurt it or harm it. And he brought up big conglomerates like Amazon and Netflix. And he said that he felt like big companies like that getting in, into the industry could destroy it. I listened to his reasoning. I don't know that I totally agree, honestly. Like, he, his opinion was like, well, they have so much money and so much power that they can come in and just kind of force themselves around. and Except shut the they r-
1: can't because Amazon tried to do that and it all came apart at the, at the seams. Like, yeah. Amazon already tried to do that and they sucked. Right. They couldn't even get a game out the door barely except that New World thing. Right. like And nobody really cared yep. about that. Like, well, like They had a out- huge
0: division trying to make games and it all just fell apart. Well, Amazon put out New World, which actually did pretty well. And also this game right here called Lost Ark. So it does, and this game also ended up being a hit. So Amazon, I think, is doing okay. And I don't feel like it's just like barged into the industry and like shoved its weight around by buying a bunch of stuff up or like. No. I mean, it could have been Embracer instead of Embracer, but it hasn't. It chose not to go that route. Because it doesn't make any sense to do that. Because Amazon understands business. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> apparently Embracer does not. But Embracer I like was just
1: buying shit up to inflate their value so they could sell themselves for $5 billion to Amazon or Apple or somebody, and it didn't
0: work. Yeah. And now they're all they're left holding a number of bags. Yeah. But we'll get to them. Now, Netflix, to me, feels a little different. Because Netflix, some of its games, like the Stranger Things game, it makes sense. You know, it's their property. They want to promote it through games. I understand all that. But they've also, like, locked down some games and developers, like Oxenfree 2, where people played the first game. It was multi-platform. Oxenfree 2 was kind of this weird thing where you had you could go on Netflix and you could download it. And it's almost like it felt like it was kind of put in a silo or whatever. I don't know if Netflix will continue to do that with its games going forward, but that was one of the first ones that it really had under its control and it was a little a little off-putting about how they handled it. If I feel like Oxen you can still free, buy, You
1: can still play Oxen free 2 on
0: other platforms. I think you can. It's on PC. And, yeah. And, you know, it's not... Like, I just wonder if that was a harbinger of things to come from Netflix. If future games it may put it in this walled garden inside Netflix. Eh, no? Probably not. I mean, it would be a dumb business decision, but well, like I don't not, think that precludes it from happening. No,
1: it doesn't. But it's like most people don't even know that you can do that with Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, they'd have to actually, you know... Have some kind of promotional like move to to tell you that you can do that. That there are games on Netflix now, yeah. which nobody seems to really know. Yeah, I it, they don't seem to be as into it as you know Sean Layden. If Sean Layden thinks they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, I agree. Especially because like you can't force people to play stuff yeah. that they don't want to play. Yeah. Like like you still have to deliver. You know, like, and, and that's, and that's true of pretty much all media. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get people to watch garbage as Warner brothers has learned yeah. over and over and <laughs> over and over. Yeah. Um, why the hell you push flash that hard and don't promote blue beetle? I do not know. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it, it people do not go back and see a movie they don't like over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's further proof. I mean, Barbie is a good example of like, oh, you make something good and serving an underserved demographic. And I mean, it's sad that the the movie studios. The lesson they seem to have learned for that is make movies out of toys and right. not like not make, m- make, movies make movies for, movies for women. For women. Right. You know, like, <laughs> it's like I, it, mm. yeah. Um. Now we're getting a Lena Dunham Polly Pocket movie. How is that a real thing? <laughs> okay, was that Pippi pick, pick <sighs> Longstockings next? But like, you know. But then on the <laughs> other hand, you got Oppenheimer, which is like. I'm sorry, Oppenheimer is three hours of people sitting in rooms talking to each other, and it made almost a billion dollars. Yeah. You make a good movie that's interesting, that people identify with, and they will go It'll see the well. fucking movie. Yeah, will yeah. like And games are the same way. Like, you, you, you could definitely get an Oppenheimer. Uh, uh, there have been yeah. Oppenheimer you know, equivalents. Mm-hmm. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, arguably is that that's a game that nobody would necessarily think in a marketing boardroom is going to blow up. Right. You know, like that, you know, it's, it's a fucking CRPG, yeah. mostly mouse driven, dialogue driven, <laughs> like with all these, like, it's like turn-based combat. Like every, it's got everything yeah. on that is, is like something you wouldn't want to put in a pitch document. Yeah. Right. And yet, and yet here we are. Yeah. So like you can't just manufacture that. Amazon can't really buy their way into dominating the industry in any way that matters. That wouldn't just end up with them holding the bag at the end of it. Yeah. Like Embracer did. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Like I hear him, I hear what Sean is saying, but I just don't think that's in the cards. I don't either. I don't
0: think they're incentivized to do that.
1: No, there's like there's no payoff there. I think they also realize that like King of the Hill doesn't get you anything unless there's actually money at the top of the hill, and there's no money at the top of that hill
0: for just muscling your way to the top. You're like, okay, now what? Now you got still got you still got to deliver. I also feel like the audience for games, influencers, and all the people around games, they're powerful, and Mm. I think people get that that if there's a an overwhelming sentiment around the industry that we will vocalize it and we will amplify it and it will make a difference. And I think maybe these big conglomerates are a little bit reticent to stir the beehive, to stick the stick into the the hornet's nest, so Mm -hmm. to speak. So, um, I think Sean's overreacting. I think he maybe needed some salient points for his presentation and there was low-hanging fruit there and I think that's where this came from. I'm not worried about Amazon or Netflix ruining the games industry at all. So, we'll see how it plays out, but... I think maybe he's jumping the gun there a little bit. Um, Next up, speaking of major, huge conglomerates jumping into the games industry, Apple announced the iPhone 15 yesterday. And my big takeaway from it, I'm interested to hear what yours is, if you even saw the news or whatever. But my big takeaway from it was the increased emphasis on gaming. Mm -hmm. That iPhone 15 Pro is like a PS4 in an iPhone. So, Apple announced yesterday that three huge mainstream games that we play on our consoles will be playable on the iPhone 15. Now, it has come out since that they will run at 30 frames per second, but still, to me, this is pretty impressive. The first up is a game that hasn't even come out yet, and that's Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's gonna be playable on the iPhone 15. Now, I will also say this about Mirage. It is not as hardware demanding as the last couple Assassin's Creed games. I don't mm-hmm. think. It doesn't look as good as the last couple Assassin's Creed. It doesn't look bad. But I don't think it's as demanding on hardware as the last couple.
1: Still. I mean, it looks about on par with the But I don't think the world is nearly. I think it's a much smaller smaller world. Yeah. Thing.
0: Also, by the way, previews came out for this over the last few days that were very encouraging. Mm-hmm. There was Polygon, I think it was the lone dissenter that was not overwhelmed and overwhelmingly pleased with it. All the other previews were like glowing, about, saying if you liked the first few Assassin's Creeds, this is for you. This is your jam. That sounded good to me. Anyway, non sequitur off of what we're talking about with Apple, and then there's also Resident Evil Village is going to be playable on the iPhone 15. Obviously, you know, not the most recent Resident Evil game, but this game's no slouch either. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this game still you know puts modern consoles through their paces a little bit. Um, obviously, the RE engine is used for that, and then there's also the Resident Evil 4 remake, which is very recent, and did push the PS5 and did push Xbox Series X, and it's coming to the iPhone 15. Does how, what? What does this say to you, Matt?
1: It says that someone at Apple likes is games. out of ideas. <laughs> is I out of know. ideas, really? I, I mean, I mean, I, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, I cannot. Possibly express how much I don't care about this. Yeah. Um. I mean, I probably do need a new phone soon enough because this thing's running out of batteries. Faster. What do you have now? It's a twelve. Oh. I think I have an eleven. I think. Um. I don't update my phone very. Well. I, I update my phone when it stops being able to hold a battery charge through a whole day. I went from um, iPhone five to iPhone ten. Yeah. I, this is <laughs> the one I had before. This was an eight. Yeah. So I, about every four, four or five for yeah. me is. And so I'm just about due. So I probably would. I probably will get a 15 but i will never play a video game like this on it yeah because why would i man i don't even want to touch a fucking steam deck why would i want to play art resident <laughs> 4 on a six inch screen give me a fucking break
0: do you think this and i didn't want to mention this earlier and kind of spoil sneaky this sneaky ass about controls you can sync a blue bluetooth
1: controller it's not it that something. big a it's, deal it's, 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 it's
0: i look i personally don't want to play games like this with touch controls but you can but to matt's point you can just sync a bluetooth controller yeah, to control it
1: controls are are
0: pretty much it's kind a of a moot issue. point at yeah. this point at this point yeah um, but anyway, back to what we were talking about with the next Nintendo console slash handheld slash whatever. This is a little bit encouraging, this news. That Nintendo may be able to have a decently powered platform and still make it a handheld. Well, except that the, this
1: phone costs like $1,500. It does. So it's not a relevant thing to the <laughs> Switch 2 at <laughs>
0: yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the tech is there if you're willing and able to
1: pay for it. Yeah, if you're willing to pay... That much money, almost ten times what you would for the rest of yeah. It's.
0: Yeah. Now, keeping in mind, there's a bunch of other stuff in the iPhone that the Switch oh, Two sure. wouldn't need, and blah blah blah. But you're right; it would be like an $800 console or handheld or whatever it ends up being. But I just so. cannot
1: imagine wanting to play Resident Evil, something as lengthy as Resident Evil Four, or Assassin's Creed on on that.
0: Yeah. Like, and again, unless it's propped up and you have a little Bluetooth controller, but even then, it's like
1: just just. Just turn the fucking TV on. Yeah.
0: Like, who cares? I mean, I'll say this. Like, flying to me is a good way to kind of observe what's going on with mobile gaming. And so when you go to the bathroom and you walk down the aisles, you can see all the people who are playing games who aren't. And it is pretty shocking how many people play mobile games. Like, my flight back, like, I'm guessing 35% of my flight was playing games on their phones. Um, and most of them, like the guy sitting next to me played games the whole time. He was in his like sixties or whatever. He was like Pactor's age or whatever. Mm. And he sat and played games on his phone the whole time. And they were the worst games, just like <laughs> endless runners where you're just swapping. But he'd just go from one to the no- to the next. Like I saw a like 14-year-old girl who was sitting in front of me playing games, and it was crazy how she jumped between games. She would play one game for like 15 or 20 seconds. Swap to the next one, play the next one for 30 seconds. Swap, go to the next one. Like she's playing like four games at once. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that before. Because but it, there are all those mobile games that you can only play for a certain amount of time. You're waiting for the bar
1: to fill you're right, up. You're right, or you have to watch like the that.
0: ad. But it was funny watching her swap mm-hmm. through all the games so she could keep playing. And I, I've never seen anything like that. So it's good for me to get out and see stuff like that to appreciate how other people are playing games outside of the bubble that we're in, which mm-hmm. is the hardest of the hardcore gamers' bubble. So, um, encouraging i mean if i'm on a plane i again
1: i am more likely to pull out my phone and play stupid little games like that yeah than to want to sit down and play something like resident evil 4 that's true because a i can play that in a vastly superior form about three different ways if i just wait till i get home yeah and B, like that's gonna drain that phone battery oh, like you yeah, can't even imagine I, yeah I'm, i can't even I just,
0: imagine i just don't yeah Okay. Um, Chiar L. Miguel says, it's good that with the Switch 2 Steam Deck and now the new iPhone, we're getting more mainstream devices with a preset close to the Series S. It'll force devs to optimize even better for this group. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So I think it's all to the good that we have a, a device that's this size and this thin that can play Resident Evil 4 Remake that's just good there's there's no other way to to express it that we're at the point where games look that good on a device that small that's amazing it's a and cool, it's a cool trick it's yeah kind of useless spendy but... yeah but it'll be interesting to see when we're you know 15 years from now what we're getting out of these phones like it's pretty crazy that we've got to this point this quickly um, i think it was a pretty big jump for iphone's graphics as far as games are concerned um, with the iPhone 15, so just something to keep in mind. If you're like Matt and I, and you wait for like four or five iPhones to upgrade, you might also want to take a look or close look at the iPhone 15. There's a bunch of other stuff that's in yeah. There. The
1: other like, stuff it does is more interesting than playing Assassin's Creed, frankly. Yeah. But
0: yep. Uh, so anyway, big news coming in iPhone land eventually. And at, when does the 15 come out? Is it like next week or know. something? Because usually they do the event and then like the next day it's available. So my guess is not too long <clears throat> from now. Yeah, it's usually a week or two. Yeah. So that should be out there soon. Uh, Next up, some good news for Nintendo fans, and I think some good news for Matt and I as well because we are big fans of this franchise. There are rumors circling that a new F-Zero game is going to be announced. So earlier, when I talked about the Nintendo Direct that's happening tomorrow that was announced out of nowhere, this is what we were kind of hinting at. There have been rumors swirling for a few days that a new F-Zero is going to be announced, and then, as luck would have it, Two days later, here comes the Shadow... (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's going to be like a 40-minute direct all on Switch games, which makes you wonder, like, they just did one. What are they going to talk about? Maybe it's going to be F-Zero. Now, Matt, do you think it would be a new F-Zero game, or do you think it would be a remake or a remaster of what we're watching right now, which is F-Zero GX for Mm -hmm. the GameCube?
1: It's hard to say. Um, My guess would be a new one, but the issue with that is you're never going to make a better game than this one
0: right there can I, you make a better F Zero? I <laughs> I do not believe
1: anyone will ever make a better F Zero game than GX.
0: I agree. Like I think if anybody tries, they're going to compare it to GX, and it's going to be it's gonna compared unfavorably. Short.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like in my head, whatever this is going to be, isn't even going to look this good. Right. Like graphically, this, you mean? Sega just knocked this thing out of the. It park really did. In way I mean, I remember we both went to the launch, like the the reveal event for this. Yeah. And I don't know if there's ever been an, a, a reveal event that both of us were just blown away more by. Yeah. Like, it was, like we. We both came out of it being like, What the fuck did we just I say? Know. like? It's basically this and Resident Evil 4 are the two reveal events I've been to that I just walked out with my jaw on the floor. Like I still
0: was, have the shoulder bag that they gave us at that event and yeah, I use it for my I hockey, hockey gear bag. <laughs> yeah, I still have that somewhere too. It was,
1: but yeah, like, like I remember we, we both sat down on like opposite sides of the room and played for a while and came back together. I'm like, What the fuck? Because yeah. <laughs> like, that thing came out of nowhere. It was like, uh-huh. All of a sudden, it was like, it was like Oh, Sega's making. F zero and here's the GameCube version and here's the arcade version. Have a have a play and, yeah. was, and like that fucking mute city music starts up and you're just like holy shit. Like, yeah. like there was no absolutely no reason to go this hard yeah. on this game, but they did. They and did.
0: I just do not see. Them was it Am2 this. that made this? Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that they will nerf the campaign if they indeed do remake it or remaster it? If anything, I would th- think they would beef it up. You make it more difficult.
1: Oh, you mean I thought you meant like like add more content. No,
0: I mean like make it easier. That campaign is the hardest this, racing game. This is one of, this is one of the I hardest racing games I've, I've ever played in my
1: life. Absolutely.
0: Like um, it, playing this for review was a nightmare. Oh, it
1: was very rough.
0: Oh it got so hard. Like you have to be perfect. I mean, you're doing really well right now. Yeah. Like that's
1: that's like third place is nothing to sneeze oh, at yeah. in this game. I
0: mean, you had to play this game for hours to be able to finish in the top three. Oh, you now
1: you had to know every curve. Oh yeah. Of the track. Exactly
0: know every yeah. curve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they'll make it a little easier. And maybe they'll have like an OG mode or whatever where it's yeah. exactly like the old one. But I think by default, they'll make it a little easier. I don't think today's players are ready for S 0 no. Well, especially if it's, if
1: it's a new game, especially they will not get yeah, yeah, yeah. anything near yeah.
0: this. Um, I tend to agree with you. I don't think they'll make a new game. I don't think that they think there's a market for a new game. If they did,
1: I think we would gotten more F-Zeroes. Yeah, I think
0: they know it's cheaper Because this didn't sell very well. It really didn't, no, unfortunately. Maybe because it was so fucking hard. Well, yeah, I mean, most of the reviews concentrated on, like, it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. And that could have scared some people off. Now, there is this certain segment. And I think that would
1: have been different in an era where there was more online play. Probably. Like, if you could raise people online, that's different. But this, it wasn't that, you know, but you still got first.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a, one of the easier tracks, too. Yeah. But there, there are no easier, easy tracks. Well, there are easier, easier ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I think it's probably going to be a remake of F-Zero GX. I just don't think Nintendo will rationalize spending the money to build It seems a like new a big game. commitment
1: to do The risk, and game. it's already so good. It's and you've like, already got, like, you've already got Mario Kart. Yeah. Like, you, you have your racing game. Yeah. And if you're going to put a lot of money towards a new racing game, you put it to Mario Kart 9. Yeah. Like so, anyway the direct goes gotta be a launch title yeah right yeah you think right yeah so you don't have zelda yeah i mean you probably will have a version of yeah. zelda but like beyond, something gonna re- it'll it, be
0: tears of the kingdom it'll be breath, DX it'll
1: be breath of the wild <laughs> dx or something <laughs> that like, would be dazzling it's never gonna launch a system but you're never right, gonna launch a running. system without breath of
0: the wild again it's <laughs> gonna be their
1: skyrim but
0: you're like. right it's already up and running on the new system why not just put it out there yeah. and sell another five million of them or whatever it's an easy 40 bucks yeah Uh, But anyway, the Nintendo Direct is tomorrow. It goes live at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, And I, this morning, I already curated it to sift it. It will be there um, so you can watch it if you want to early in the morning if you're on the West Coast or just after you had your cereal if you're on the East Coast. Uh, But we'll wait and see. 40 minutes. It can't be all F-Zero. So there's going to be some other stuff in there. It'll be interesting to see what Nintendo shows because I feel like we kind of know already all the Switch stuff before Switch 2 comes out. But maybe not. Maybe they've slid in a couple other things here. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Next up, more Nintendo information. Also, by the way, the F-Zero information came from a leaker who also leaked Super Mario Bros. Wonder, just like a Mm -hmm. month and a half ago. So that information is pretty reliable. As we always say, take leaks with a grain of salt. Uh, More Nintendo information about Zelda DLC for Tears of the Kingdom, um we were informed this week that there will be no DLC for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. How does that hit you, Matt? Sure. The DLC for Breath of the Wild, I didn't think was very good. Well, it wasn't super It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. You know. Um so I can't say that I'm like feel like I'm missing anything here. I think maybe the more concerning thing was when Enuma talked about it. it like was what the, would
1: you do? Like
0: that's what a, he said basically. Yeah. Um, in an interview with Famitsu, he basically said, "Like, I don't know what else to do with yeah. like Zelda in the in Link in this world, and in its in a certain in yeah. this design." And everything we, we do, you, you idiots are just going to build a giant ramp and ruin it. So <laughs> who cares? Like. So I'm not that disappointed about the fact that there won't be DLC for this game. I'll be—I haven't even finished it still. So no. I mean, I still have more to play of this game. Um, I think the bigger concern is like, what's next for Zelda? Period. Mm-hmm. The interview and translation uh, sometimes years of waiting, I think. Yeah, I mean. well, of course. But translations will vary from Fimitsu, Japanese interviews, like they could have misconstrued what he was trying to say, but some of the verbiage sounded a little bit like I don't like I'm ready to kind of pass the torch on to some of my underlings and let them start coming up with the ideas for new Zelda games. Yeah, I mean I mean Miyamoto eventually did it for Anuma and now maybe it's time for Anuma to pass that torch as well.
1: I mean, he reinvented this thing to a degree that like yeah, maybe it's just
0: time to rest. Yeah. I mean, he's been through How two... many more new ideas can you have? He's worked on two games for the last, like, 15 years. Yeah. That's a grind, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, I would suggest making the games shorter so You're you can get them out, out more top. often. Like That's the first thing I would yeah, say. Yeah, maybe
1: alternate between these and, like, more traditional Zeldas.
0: Yeah, so we don't have to wait seven years to play a new Zelda game. Like, I'm doing the math now, and I'm like, I'm going to get about another two Zelda games before I die, two or three? If they stay on the schedule, they're on... Mm. So I thought I honestly found it a little encouraging that he's maybe willing to pass the torch a little bit to some of his underlings and get them more involved with the creative development of Zelda instead of just handling the actual heavy lifting of creating the games. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I think some people maybe were a little disappointed. People who have already finished Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom 100%, maybe they were hoping to get a little bit more content. I can understand that perspective. Uh, but again, I haven't even finished the game yet still, so... I still have a ways to go. I'm hoping I can get to it. My guess is I probably won't finish it until like December, though. Because from Mm. here on out, it's just nonstop. So I'm hoping I can finish it before the end of the year. My big hope is that I finish it before we do our Game of the Year stuff. Yeah, I do not anticipate finishing this game. (sighs) I'm going to try. Anytime so many people feel something is so good, and I'm a little bit out of that opinion, I'm going to give it every chance I can to try to see what they're seeing. I mean, I played this game for 80 hours. I'm content. I didn't pl- I didn't I'm content play with my okay. opinion
1: on it. I I, like,
0: I hear that. I didn't play it that much. I only
1: played it Whatever like 40... stupid ass
0: cutscenes I
1: didn't get to see <laughs> are not going to change my mind. I'm 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 fine.
0: Yeah. Um so I see Vincent's asking if I've been playing more of Tears of the Kingdom. I have not. I've just been overloaded with all the games that are coming out. But again, I'm going to try to get to more of it and play more of it and try to finish it honestly. Uh, before we start our Game of the Year discussion. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, no DLC coming for Tears of the Kingdom. I know that may upset some of you. Um, and then we got more E3 news. More salt rubbed into the wound. Already, E3 2024 has been canceled. Water wet. Yeah. Sky blue. Like, okay. <laughs> like, no shit. Uh, this really... And they parted ways. The ESA parted ways with Reapop. Is that the name of the company that does packs? Yeah. They parted ways with Reed Pop. They it appeared it seemed to me like the ESA was trying to blame Reed Pop for like all the problems with E3. I know Reed Pop wasn't uh, around in 2019. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna fall for that one. But it it does just look like E3 is over at this point. Like, not not happening this year. Not happening next. I mean, it's 2025. Anyone care? Will I even care, Matt? In 2025, my guess is no. no. Like, I'm one of the biggest cheerleaders for E3. And I can tell you right now that I think when we get to 2025, I will not care anymore. So it looks like it's over. <laughs> Just one final I mean, nail in the coffin. it's co- looked like it's over for about four years yeah. now. Go this on. was kind of the last nail in the coffin, though. It's like... You know, they had talked about reworking things for 2024, blah, blah, blah. And now that's not happening. Give me and a break. Yeah. I think it's it's over, people. I mean, it's also over because the publishers are done
1: with the ESA. Yeah. Like, it's just, why would you even bother anymore?
0: I will say this. When we shot the last round of Pactor Factor, also right before I left for vacation, Pactor had been talking with the ESA. They actually kind of reached out to him and started talking to him about what he thought the problems were and things like that. And I will say, like... He told me not to say what they said to me, but I will say that there is a faint glimmer of light for E3 still. That's all I'm going to say. Not with them. They think with them there is. Well, they are wrong. Yeah. Pactor was kind of lukewarm on it. He's like, I think maybe it could work what they're coming up with, but he wasn't overwhelmingly convinced either. So probably not. And thus I say E3 is probably dead. Um, so we're not getting any DLC for Tears of the Kingdom. However, we are getting DLC for a game that we were not supposed to get DLC for, mm-hmm. and that is Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, today I'm also curious what you would do for
1: this. Yeah, just add regions, or I guess just start something completely anew. Yeah, like just like oh, Clive's got to go to this island nation, yeah. and, and there's stuff
0: going on. Got to do a there. thing there. I, I guess <laughs> like it's, I don't know. Um, and I, I, you, if you finish this game, you can see why Square Enix was like, no, we're not doing DLC for it. It's wrapped up pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, but I think we—you get... feel
1: like you've seen the whole
0: world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. And some news broke today. Well, it didn't even really break. People made the observation that Square Enix's value has dropped two billion dollars since Final Fantasy 16 launched. Wow. Its stock price has lost enough that it, that it is devalued $2 billion. And Square Enix responded to the press and said, you know, we had counted on... If I don't, they're trying not to blame it on Final Fantasy 16. What they're saying is that they had counted on Final Fantasy 16 sales making up for the poor sales of Forspoken and Marvel's Avengers. And that has not happened. No. Like, Final Fantasy sixteen has done okay on its own. Square needs to stop pinning
1: their hopes for their, to make up for their failures on individual games that are going to do fine, but not gangbusters. Like, yeah. It goes all the way back to that thing where how they expected Tomb Raider to sell more right. than Tomb Raider had ever sold before by a like factor double. of, like, 2.5, yeah. yeah. you know? Yeah. It's
0: like, that's just not how the it's world works. It's not realistic, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and then Vincent brings up uh, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is a mobile spin- Final Fantasy VII off Mm-hmm. Um, Square Enix typically does much better like Usually with those PC work. and mobile. I will say this, though.
1: Like, the, the 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 advertising for that game, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Like, it's doing a very poor job of explaining what that is.
0: I think if you're a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII, there are some dog whistles in that marketing, though. But yeah, there's some. But, like,
1: it's 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 not communicating what the game is yeah. very well. So, it's like, unless you're... I mean, obviously, there's probably enough Final Fantasy VII fans that they will just like automatically just jump latch it.
0: onto it but at yeah. the same
1: time it's like it's not like Final Fantasy 7 fans haven't been burned by bad side content before yeah. you know like they yeah. learned their lesson on some things so I don't know Square like, Enix is in trouble I think is what we're getting at though like it is they're wobbly. in a very weird place yeah they, they've been ripe for
0: purchase for a while now never more ripe and than yeah, right they're, now they're definitely on the, on the edge that would be a smart purchase by Playstation but I don't know we'll see um, I'd love Final Fantasy 16, so it's really mm-hmm. disappointing to see Square Enix in this state after releasing yeah. the game.
1: I mean, Six, you know, 16 was I thought was very good, and like I think it's, it's selling fine. Yeah, but it's not like selling. It's not Final Fantasy 7 selling. Yeah, so it sold three million in its first couple. Also, weeks it's on whatever. one platform. Yeah, what do you expect?
0: That's it's actually really, doing really well for a single platform right. game that's not made by Sony. Not even just that. If it was only for PS4, where you have 130, 140 yeah. million install base, that's okay. But releasing it exclusively for a platform that's only a couple years old, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, you've, now, limited, you've limited the audience tremendously on that. What's become obvious is that Square Enix did not get enough money, did not get a big enough money hat from PlayStation to make up for the lost sales. Mm-hmm. That is what has become apparent. And that will scare off other third-party developers and publishers from signing exclusivity deals, seeing how Square Enix, it did not work out for for that japanese publisher so Mm -hmm. lots of little threads here they're kind of dangling off of that blanket around what's going on at square enix right now but all i can say is final fantasy 16 is an awesome game and if you haven't bought it yet you should go out and buy it and if you love square enix you should definitely go out and buy it because they need the money um what else we got here or you could just let the mega corporation to his own devices right because it's not not our job (laughs) fair enough but i would argue final fantasy 16 is worth the money no, I like so. So I'm not so. like, I don't feel like I'm pushing people in at a direction. At the
1: same time, here's an 80-hour RPG right before all this other shit comes out is a hard sell. It is a hard sell. Like, it came out at a good time, too. Yeah, it, just, it did. It, it just limiting it to the PS5 was a
0: mistake. It is starting to get discounted a little bit, too, here and there. So keep an eye yeah. on that. You may be able to find it for 40 or 50 bucks here over the next, like, month yeah, or so. Hopefully
1: the PC version comes out before Square Enix folds like a flan in a cupboard. Yeah. Hopefully. Because I'd like to try that. I'd like to play that yep. on PC and see me
0: what me too. It like. Yep. Um, speaking of another company that's doing poorly, we've already talked about Embracer earlier in uh, housekeeping. Uh, further signs that Embracer is in deep trouble. It shut down Volition this week. Volition has been around for forever. forever. I have been to that studio personally three or four times throughout my career because it's always made the Saints Row games. They always did events mm. where you go to the studio. They made one of the best space games of all time. Yeah. Um, Free Space
1: 2 is maybe still unbeaten.
0: Yep. Its last game will prove to be the Saints Row reboot from 2022, which is what you're seeing right mm-hmm. now. Which, you know,
1: look, man, like I know everybody, you know, it, it's, it sucks that they sh- they got shut down and like tons of people like got laid off from this and like it's terrible. At the same time, I remain and will always remain shocked if they didn't... They didn't shut down after Agents of Mayhem. Yep. Like, how did they survive? I that? never thought we would ever see another Saints Row game yeah. after that. Like, I, I thought that was a matter of time. And Embracer, you know, for all their failings and all their bad decisions, they did end up end, in the end keeping Volition alive long enough to try Saints Row one more time. And it didn't work out. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I am stunned we even got that much.
0: Yeah, I also feel like Embracer could have, if they had good people, if they if they were working with the duh consulting agency, yeah, they I mean, would have they, known that this game was, was not was definitely going a different
1: be- path you could have gone. Like, they, they pulled this way. I mean, they, they tried to kowtow, I think, too much to the people that, who are very loud, but I think a very small contingent that just constantly say that Saints Row 2 is the pinnacle of the series. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. The pinnacle of the series is Saints Row 4. Yeah. Um, I know Saints Row 3 is a... Favorite, but I replaying the remaster. of That Saints Row Three is just a bunch of mini games. Like it's actually kind of terrible. Yeah. Like there's no real progression in that. Saints Row Four is the pinnacle of what they were trying to do because uh, it just go it went as crazy as they wanted to go. It did something no open world game was doing, which is basically a superhero game. Like that was that nothing nothing else was like that. And it embraced what was weird about that series. And this still had some weird stuff in it, but it just didn't go far enough, and it wasn't technically sound enough. And it was—it just—the scope felt very small in comparison, and it just didn't quite gel. Um, and as a huge Saints
0: Row fan, it was definitely a disappointment to me. Embracer's comments after it shuttered Volition. And I would argue Volition has never in its entire history made a truly great game.
1: Free Space 2 is a truly great game.
0: I, I've never played that game,
1: honestly. Free Space 2 is amazing. Okay. There, there is—of all of that Wing Commander, X-Wing era, area— That is the best one anyone ever made. And I don't think anyone will ever make anything better.
0: I've never played a truly great Volition game. I guess I'll I'll rephrase Mm -hmm. that. And the comments coming from Embracer after it killed the studio, it basically said, look, we have the Lord of the Rings license. We spent a metric ton of money to get the Lord of the Rings license. Why have we allowed all these studios that we have to work on these projects that we know will never sell as well as a really great Lord of the Rings game. And so it appears what what Embracer is about to do is find its best studios of all the studios it's acquired and put them all on Lord of the Rings games. They already have, I think, five games in development based on the IP. I don't know if that's the right choice, I think, Matt. I think they are vastly overestimating the appeal I of Lord agree. of the Rings agree. Did they not look with, at what happened with Amazon's Lord of the Rings show? Yeah. It did okay, but it wasn't gangbusters. No, and like... What do you do? I don't know. What it's the same do do? story over and over again. I've look there. There's new generations coming along that don't know the story. I get that, but if you're trying to sell it to people like us, like I don't need to play another Lord of like the Rings. I
1: mean, I mean, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War figured out a new angle, right, which works. They did. You're right. They found um, new angles, and that's the key. Gollum. That you can definitely <laughs> fumble that ball pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know what's left to do. Like I guess you could do. Like you could do, like the Lord of the Rings, you know, the main Lord of the Rings story, start to finish, like on the level of something like you know, like the the the, the budget and quality of something like Starfield or Skyrim or or Final Fantasy sixteen, like, and do the whole Lord of the Rings story because no one's ever really done that in mm-hmm. video game. You know, people have tried. Yeah. You know, there've been, you know there's a piecemeal fighting you know piecemeal hack and slash games that were great from Stormfront when uh when the movies came out uh uh what was that the other company that had the book license because that was back back in the oh, book right was there was separate. The two
0: separate licenses and they made that the Fellowship of <laughs> yeah. the Ring game right
1: which like was awful and included Tom Bombadil yeah and there was a whole musical section which like there's just a point where you just felt like you were losing your mind yeah. playing this game. Um, <laughs> yep. So, I, I, theoretically, you could do something. I mean, you'd, it would have to be just, it would have to be Witcher 3 quality right. good.
0: Elden Ring quality yeah. Witcher 3. Yeah, uh, way up there. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know to how where the make, IP doesn't matter. Right. And I don't know how you make something like, look, a lot of that story is just walking. Yeah. It really like, is. I don't know what <laughs> you do... A- <laughs> The, yeah. But it's like, but in the end, you know they're going to try to make like basically like you know remember Lord of the Rings conquest like battlefield with Lord of the Rings, yeah. which that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember being horribly disappointed. I'm like that sounded like it should have been a winner, right? And then you played it for like ten minutes, you are like, oh, oh, this is bad. no, this is not going to work. Very bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you could do like a Muso game, yeah, with like thousands and thousands of Orcs. So they're going to have to figure it out because
0: they have five in development already, in the, and they're going to make more.
1: But I can't think of anything that would like sell Me
0: either million you know based on the ip alone right yeah yeah i don't know they're gonna have to make a great game that would be a great game no matter what license is on it or whether it has a license or not like it's just got to be this game that just is amazing and we love it regardless of whether it's based on lord of the rings or not i'd
1: rather have remasters of those old stormfront games yeah because those are very hard to find yeah they're worth a lot of money they don't run very well Talk to EA and bring back some of that Like, like the Battle for Middle Earth games are worth hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah, it's, because they are. you can't—they're not available digitally or not anywhere. But like, Battle for Middle Earth Two is really good. Yep, it's probably better than anything Embracer can make.
0: Yeah. So anyway, you know what? For once, Matt, I have taps here, hmm. and we're gonna play it for Volition. Also, why wouldn't you want Volition on that game? I. Would you really want to pay Volition to work on another game? Sure. Really? Like,
1: they're pretty... They're, they, they, when, they, when they have the, the, the time and the money, they're pretty
0: good at stuff. I don't know. I I'll, think they made the right decision cutting bait with Volition. I hate to say it, but... I
1: don't think so. I, th- I think... Especially if you take away the the burden of coming up with their own idea. <laughs> like, if you stop letting them... come I mean, someone should have stopped them after Gat Out of Hell. Like, <laughs> like Agents of Mayhem should never have occurred. Yeah. Um, that game is mind-boggling that that exists. Like, I, it, it's so weird. And I played that game more than I like to admit. Because yeah. there's, a, there's moments where I'm like... I understand why you think this is, was a good idea. <laughs> like, the con- like, I can see why it was conceptually a cool idea. Like, okay, yeah. we went through a bunch of altern- alternate universes in got Out of Hell, and this was one of the weirdest ones, so we're going to make a whole game out of that alternate universe. Like, Marvel has made a pretty good business model out of that. But the problem was, like, if you're going to do a game that's almost 100% shooter... You should probably make sure your shooting gameplay works right. <laughs> yep, and it's never quite worked right. No, I agree. has it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And now, of course, in the wake of Starfield, I would have put them on Free Space Three. Right. But like too late now. Yeah. But then again, that was 20 years ago. The people who made Free Space 2 are almost certainly not at the company anymore. So, probably. I don't want you to think I'm making light of
0: a bunch of people losing their jobs. Like. No. Total respect to the people who worked at Volition. I hope all of them end up, you know, landing on their feet and finding new gigs and everything like that. Um, But, yeah. I mean, to me, the writing was on the wall with that studio for quite a while. So. R.I.P. Volition. And we'll see what Embracer does. I feel like Embracer's yeah, was, was kind of teetering on the brink there oh, a Embracer's
1: little bit. Gonna, Embracer's left holding a number of bags, uh-huh. and that's all going to come. The so-
0: they were trying to get the Saudis to bail them out. Yeah, and even the Saudis who throw them. around money like it's candy were like, no. We're no.
1: Gonna, like, <laughs> we're good. These people thought Jared Kushner was worth $2 billion, and they won't give
0: you money? You're in trouble. You're, you're in trouble. Touche. Uh, next up, got some bad news this week as well. Um, PlayStation Plus. Sony just decided this to just weird. jack up the prices for PlayStation Plus to, like, astronomical levels.
1: Well, you know, the the, the cost of bits has really gone up in the last six months. Dude,
0: they jacked up the base price of PlayStation Plus, the lowest tier so you can play games online, to $80 a year. They jacked the price up $20. The higher tiers, they jacked up the price even further. At least, Nintendo gives you an N64 for that, right? Do you think <laughs> like, Do you think this is going to work out?
1: I, I mean, for one thing I don't think a lot of people realize it yet because it happened so fast. I got and quiet. an
0: email saying that, like, hey, if you have this set up for auto pay, next time it's right. going up a lot, but barely. Like, I mean, look,
1: man. I delete anything that says PlayStation Plus on it when it comes to the <laughs> e- inbox most of the time because it's just spam usually. Yeah. And like, it wasn't until I saw like people talking about it on Twitter that I was like, "Oh wait, what? Like, they raised it how much? Like, it's insane. Like, like, that's crazy. I feel like there's For a lot. What? Of, like, they I, I know. Like, they the didn't give you anything change. new.
0: They didn't give you anything new. It's
1: ridiculous.
0: It's insane. Like, at least and why? Like, what I what don't happened? Know. I don't know. I can't figure it out. How is this not a state of play? I don't know. You're going to need, we're going to got some explaining to do Lucy. Seriously. Like, yeah. I don't, this is crazy to me. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who have been PlayStation plus subscribers for a long time and maybe play online games once every couple months. They're just like, Oh, it's just more inconvenient to cancel it then. And, mm-hmm. and I think they'll cancel now. Yeah, that 80, eighty bucks beyond yeah that's a that's
1: definitely beyond the threshold of like oh why not
0: yeah if you're not playing Call of Duty every day or every other day or whatever you don't have like a main game that you're playing all the time Rocket League or whatever mm-hmm. why would you have PlayStation Plus it does still give you like a couple free games a month but I mean they just covered all that with twenty dollar twenty extra a month you just paid for all the games they've been giving away are those games worth twenty bucks to you that you get every month they're not to me. I play online. This is my job. I'm gonna have to subscribe to PlayStation Plus, but I really feel like the extra money they're gonna make off the people who continue to subscribe will not offset the loss of sixty dollars for every person who bails. I think this was a dumb decision, and it it flies in the face of convention. Like PlayStation Plus has been around Mm -hmm. for how long? It had gone up ten dollars the entire time. And like, what happened that your costs? Yeah, there's no explanation of why. It makes no sense. Um, El Guapo says PlayStation Plus going up in price is honestly a normal practice considering how Microsoft is hemorrhaging money. First of all, I don't know what you're talking about about Microsoft hemorrhaging money. But second of all, of course, everything goes up over time where no one's saying like it should never go up. People are saying a jump of $20 a year at once is crazy. Like even with Netflix, no explanation. That's even it. Netflix takes you out to dinner before it Fs right. you. <laughs> like, this is just like, we're just going to F you with no dinner at all. Like, your plate's bare. Like,
1: like it's just weird that, like, there was no, hey, we're going to raise it. We're going to get this and, this and this But we're like, going to give you this. Yeah.
0: There's nothing. They're just like, all of a sudden, we decided that our service is worth more than you've been paying for the last 15 years or whatever. Like, I think it's crazy. What what PlayStation has done, and ultimately, you know, the proof will be in the pudding, whether people bail and, or keep subscribing. I don't know. To me, someone who's worked in the industry for a good many years, this seems nuts and out of step with how things typically work. Not just in the games industry, but look at Netflix. Like, it is, yeah, it increases its price almost every year, but it's like $2, $3, not 20
1: uh-huh.
0: <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, to me... Yeah,
1: you got to creep your way up to
0: that. Yeah. El Guapo is saying that he thinks that Game Pass is not making money. I mean, you're assuming that. Nobody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that. Pactor doesn't know that. Nobody knows that because Microsoft keeps that information private, which would lead you to believe that maybe it's not doing as well as yeah, you. Yeah, if they were doing well, you'd think they'd be they'd about it. it. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're hemorrhaging money from Game Pass either, which is And you know what, you, even if they are... Who cares? Who cares? It's Microsoft. <laughs> it's Microsoft. They, they can do that. Yeah, it can hemorrhage your money Sony for cannot. eternity. Right. But
1: if, but if that's a problem for like what is Sony doing that all of a sudden that they required a thirty percent bump? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and again,
0: the other tiers went up even more. It's not like they've
1: suddenly added a bunch of things to compete with Game Pass. Yeah. That you know, like PlayStation Now has been there for years. Like, what's happening?
0: I would love to see how many people subscribe at those higher tiers, where you get like PlayStation Now and the game streaming. I feel like nobody subscribes at those tiers. Maybe or do any of you? If anyone in our chat right now subscribes at those higher tiers, let us know and let us know if you think it's worth if it was worth the old cost and whether you think the new cost is going to be worth it. Because um, I'm really curious. Like to me, those higher tiers hold no value for me whatsoever as a core gamer because I'm playing a lot of those games. So. I don't know. I think it's a misstep by PlayStation. Um, and maybe it's done the math, and it's like we're headed to Doom if we keep charging this amount for play PlayStation Plus. I don't know. It just seems really weird. I
1: mean, the test is going to come. Like, I don't know. I assume that there's a point in the October-November area where all the Call of Duty Bros subscriptions come due yeah. because that's probably about when they would have signed up to play the new Call of Duty back in the day, yeah, and yeah. that's when the auto-renew happens every uh-huh. year. So what's going to happen when all those guys... Uh, see that that's price has gone up that much all of a sudden? Are, is anyone going to make a different decision? They'll pay it. Yeah? yeah, this is
0: the only thing they do. Yeah, that's the right. only game they play. For a lot of the pe- those people, they don't play anything else.
1: So I mean, the timing I guess would fit with like that. Like I'd imagine mo- most PlayStation like Plus subscriptions were started in the fall.
0: Yeah, and then the other thing too is that a lot of people who only play one game—they only play Fortnite, they only play Rocket League, or whatever—like those people are okay paying extra money. Uh They're like, I don't mind paying $20 for Lara Croft in Call of Duty. Because it's the only thing I play. So if I add up the money I spent on games in a year, I spent the $70 to buy the base Call of Duty. I spent $30 on DLC. And I spend now the $80 to play it online. So every year you're spending, what, $250 on games. Versus somebody like us, who spends way more than that playing a bunch of different games. And also subscribing with PlayStation Plus. So... Mm -hmm. I don't think the Call of Duty bros are going to bail on it. I think it's more the people who play a bunch of different genres who are like, you know what? When was the last time I played an online game? That was four months ago. What free games have I got over the last four months? Oh, I haven't played any of those either? See ya. Uh Those are the people I think that'll leave. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, There's no going back now. Like (laughs) Nobody ever increases the price and then says, "Oh, we screwed up. We're dropping the price back down to sixty bucks now. That's not going to happen. So, um, regardless of how it works out financially, PlayStation is going to end up sticking to its guns on this. But to me, it's just it's just so out of step for the market. Nobody does this. No one increases the price of a service like that that much in one year. So we'll see how people react. Yet another embracer story. This one with maybe a better ending. We'll see how it goes." But again, Embracer is in deep financial trouble. And in addition to shutting down Volition, it was also leaked out this week that Embracer is shopping around Gearbox. Now, nobody knows exactly what Embracer paid for Gearbox because Gearbox was bundled into, I think it was a $1.4 billion deal Uh that included three studios. So it's hard to figure out what it spent for Gearbox versus the other two studios. Well, it was enough for Randy to be able to afford to buy the Magic Castle. Right. With yeah. I mean my guess is that probably half a billion they spent something on like that. Gearbox. Like that. So the, the question I've i I've
1: seen is whether or not that included Borderlands. Because there's a point at which Gearbox sold the Borderlands rights. Hmm. And I don't know if I don't know if Embracer owns Borderlands. I think two K has Borderlands. Maybe. Right? I think you may be right. Yep. Because that happened with Gearbox. That's a lot of value. Gear... Yeah. Because yeah. like, if, other than that, if you get rid of Borderlands, why are you buying Gearbox?
0: Right. Well, they, they also put out Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. That was in-house by Gearbox. Right. But that's still Borderlands. Right. Is it? Is yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands those Borderlands? Are, yeah. Those characters are the same. They're the char- same. Ca- the I mean, same Tiny is in Borderlands. Yeah. But... I is, just wonder if the IP includes all the characters. They literally and, talk about the characters
1: in Borderlands all the time in that game, including yeah. the what's-his-name-who-died. They do.
0: Yeah, you're right. Just talking about them, you're right, is probably a stretch yeah. too far. 2K
1: owns Borderlands, as far as I know. Yeah. And they did Tiny Tina as well. Because so.
0: Gearbox is starting to publish games independently. Right. So there's some value there. But if you're embracer, is there value? No. That's probably why they're getting rid of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Like a publishing house is not useful to embracer
0: at this right. point. Who buys but Gearbox? I don't understand
1: why you buy Gearbox in the first place if you're not getting Borderlands. I
0: agree. What value is there in Gearbox other like if than if you're the people really if you're
1: really into Brothers in Arms, I guess. Right? Like
0: <laughs> I forgot about doesn't that. doesn't UB
1: own that anyway? Yes, because that was under contract. To it does. Yeah,
0: UB owns it. So yep. what
1: what does Gearbox
0: have? Just the talent, the people working there. Yeah. But they can leave, as we've seen with Rare and other studios that were acquired. The people the brain drain. And I would think left. that most places
1: would be happy to have them. Yeah. Yep. So whether you whether you like or don't like Borderlands, you
0: got to admit they do good work. Yeah. Yeah. They make they make high quality games for sure. So I don't know what's gonna happen with Gearbox. I have a feeling Embracer might just end up having to keep it. Yeah. I don't know. Or what, maybe it'll dissolve Gearbox as well. Like as a company, I don't know what the value of
1: Gearbox would be beyond the people that work there.
0: Or Gearbox starts, which is making not nothing,
1: but that's not a permanent thing you're buying.
0: Or Gearbox starts making Lord of the Rings games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that probably is the ultimate. That would probably be. The, but it's like, if they clearly not, because they're trying to sell them. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what the future of Gearbox looks like. It is kind of crazy. One thing Sean Layden did say about the big corporations moving into the games industry is that it's resulting in a lot of consolidation and studio closures. And that part I agree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, Embracer is a massive corporation. And what is happening? We're seeing studio closures or studios being moved into other studios where they can work on Lord of the Rings games. But I think you'd also be seeing studio closures even if that wasn't happening. Probably. Because they would just kind of fade away. Yeah, because they just make games that don't sell. Or they they Mm -hmm. make IP that's not popular. A
1: lot of those companies are one underperforming game away from shuttering. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, and then our final piece of housekeeping for today's episode, to show you that we're equal opportunity critics here on gameface we're also going to slag Microsoft a little bit because we finally got today the games that are going to be available to people who are used to be Xbox Live Gold subscribers. That died today, by the way. I could play Taps again. I'll spare you, and I won't. But Xbox Live Gold died today. today. Today's either its last day or yesterday was its last day. Um, And its replacement is something called Xbox Game Pass Core, where you get X number of games every month if you subscribe at that tier that you can play. And they announced the first 36 games today. I'm going to bring that up right now so you can see them. And I'll be honest, Matt, as somebody who plays a lot of games, like you and I, and like everybody watching Game Face live on Twitch right now, and everybody watching the archive of Game Face... I don't think there's a whole lot there for us. Is
1: this a retro collection or what?
0: This is it. This is what you get <laughs> in replacement for the two or three free games that they used to give you. You get this selection of games to play for free. I looked across this. I think I found nine games that I haven't played extensively. And, like, of those nine, I had seven of them I had played, just not, like, played a bunch of. Um, hmm.
1: I have not played a- Descenders or much much of gang beasts or golf with your friends.
0: Some games you just and don't want
1: to play. No. I don't care about human fall flat. I payday can go fuck
0: itself. <laughs> um, and the Abram says Vampire Survivors is there. What more do you need? Yeah, more I than mean, more than that for the money that, that I'm I, paying. I will say I <laughs> I have played a lot of vampire survivors in the last year. Yeah. Um, so when it comes down to it, what are you paying for this? You're paying eight, nine dollars a month when it when you mm-hmm. break it down, roughly?
1: You can get that game for about that much. Yeah. Um, Power Wash Simulator and Vampire Survivors are the two winners in this lineup.
0: Right. But they're on Game Pass. And if you have Game Pass Core, you have Game Pass. So I don't know. I don't see a whole lot of extra value in this for me. Now, if you're a casual player, maybe. But will a casual player subscribe? I don't know. It... It, it seems underwhelming. They better hope so. I like the old way better, I guess is what I'm getting at. Although, even though the games they were giving you for the last I mean, like, I two years I didn't even know were they trash, were still doing that for right? the last
1: six years or something. Like, the
0: last couple of years of games were trash. So, But I feel like they were setting us up to say this right now. Like The whole thing was mm. like, we're going to give them trash for two years. That way, when we launch this new thing, they'll sit and look at the list of games and be like, that's not so bad. I feel like we've reached that moment right now, Matt. I, Kyle. G- I don't. Who cares? <laughs> I feel like, like I've been manipulated. This is
1: just this is just alongside the basic subscription to be able to play online.
0: Yeah, whatever. right. Because core is basically you pay to play online is yeah. what core is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, X- at least it's something. It's better than nothing. Better I want Sony gave but you. that's where we're at now. You're right, though. Play- PlayStation increased the price and didn't give us anything yeah. new. So maybe we should. Yeah, our at least we got a bunch this.
1: of games we already played years ago. For yeah, that. I don't know. Like yeah. whatever. <laughs> you're buying. I mean, you're buying being able to play online. Yeah, that's it. Everything. Nothing else really matters. Yeah, there. like that's that's all bells and whistles. That's All bonus. Who cares?
0: Yeah, like, and I do wonder again what we're talking about with PlayStation Plus. If the casuals who are like, wait, I haven't played a game online for three months because I didn't like Halo Infinite very much or whatever, yeah. then they bail. Like I don't know. You're trying to. I think you're trying to use these games to keep those people from bailing. The people who don't play online all that. I don't much. think that you're even doing that much. It's just to be able to say you're giving someone something for the money.
1: Yeah. And like a lot of people don't even they don't, they don't even think that hard about it. Yeah. It's like oh I'm getting all those games. Look at that. It's like they don't even think about the fact that they probably played them all already.
0: To me, eight dollars or nine dollars a month, it's a lot to pay to play online. Just yeah. to play online. Well, I mean, you still you've still never quite had the
1: explanation of why it doesn't cost anything to play online on right. PC.
0: Or it never did on Nintendo platforms
1: until recently. Until recently. And the real answer is that because, you know, Xbox established that you could do that. Right. Why wouldn't you? Right.
0: Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah.
1: And people can talk about it. It's like, oh, the servers. And, like, Sony has to pay for the servers. Microsoft really? Do they? Because, like, most games, the developers run the servers. Right. That's why when the developers shut the servers down, you can't play the fucking game anymore. Yeah. Not because Microsoft sh- shut the servers down. So what are we paying for? Yeah. No, yep. but it's too late now. It like is that 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 uh, that genie's out of the bottle for the last 15 years or so. Yep, that ship so. has long past
0: sailed. So there you go. Where's lucky Steam house. hasn't figured out a way to charge for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, believe me, I'm sure they thought about it. Yeah. A lot of housekeeping for today's episode. And by the way, all that news was from the last week. I didn't even go back like the week before. It was a busy week of news in the games industry. And not really a busy week of releases, oddly Mm -hmm. enough. Everything kind of worked out perfectly, actually. (laughs) Well, I mean, everybody (laughs) got away from Starfield. Yeah, Yeah, everybody just got out of the way. So anyway, we're about ready to kick off Game Phase 357 proper and finally talk about Starfield here on Game Phase. But first, here's a word from our awesome sponsor, LS Cream. L.S. Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine & Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. So I don't know if you guys remember, but a few months ago, I went home to go to a memorial for one of my friends who had died. And um, when I was there, I went over to a buddy's house and I took a bottle of Ellis cream with me over to my buddy's house. And I mixed up a couple drinks there and I was like, hey, you know, we're sponsored by this. It's really good. You should try it. Didn't think anything of it. And then when I was just home, I went over there for like to watch a football game or something to the same house at my buddy's house. And I went in there and I just assumed that I'd be able to mix up a drink with Ellis cream and I go into his kitchen and his bar and I'm like, hey, where's that liqueur that I bought and I brought over here the last time I was here? And he's like, oh, we drank that. Huh. And these guys drink. I'm just going to tell you, they drink. And they had fallen in love with LS Cream and had finished off the bottle, which I thought was awesome, which was a testament to the power of LS Cream. So head to creamls.com sifted. As I always say, awesome drink recipes there, but you don't even need the recipes. You can make awesome drinks with it, even if you're just freestyling, which is what my buddies did. They're like, once we discovered what it was, we started finding interesting ways to use it and they loved it. So um, I can't think of anybody that I have turned on to LS Cream that has not loved it. And that is probably the best testament you can give to a liquor so once again go to creamls.com slash sifted try to remember to use that url so they can track people who are going there uh based upon our uh marketing plan and uh you will not be disappointed it's a great website and it's a great liquor and with that it's time to kick off game face 357 proper and we're gonna finally An hour and 20 in yeah now uh, that was that was the longest housekeeping i think we've ever had mm-hmm. there's a lot of news this week And we're gonna talk about Starfield, finally. Now, hopefully most of you guys have watched um, my pre-Val, which is basically a review without scores. I had played it like around 40 hours at that point. Um, So you kind of know how I feel about it, but we don't know how Matt feels about it. And I'll be honest with you, like Matt's opinion on Bethesda's RPGs, I don't know if you're gonna find a more informed opinion on Bethesda's RPGs than Matt. Matt, how many times have you finished Skyrim 4 exactly? I finished. I only intended once. to do
1: it once, but <laughs> I get sucked into that game every time they re-release it, and I load it up to see what it looks like. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like 80 hours later, I'm like, what the
0: fuck happened? Yep. So, I personally, I have been waiting with bated breath to discuss Starfield with Matt. <clears throat> I um, played,
1: uh, yeah, I have played that several times. I have played Morrowind twice. I have played Fall- Fallout Three. I replayed vanilla on Xbox, no mods, uh, two years ago during the pandemic, during the lockdown. I played that uh on xbox on the xbox one backwards compatible mm-hmm. and still liked it yeah fallout 4 is the only one that i don't don't yeah love.
0: you really do not like fallout 4
1: and I, look I've, I've tried to play fallout 4 twice mm-hmm. i didn't finish it when i first played it when it came out and then like a two years later i went back on pc and tried to play it again with like mods and messing with it and i got about the same distance in but total i have played that game about 80 hours so like my least favorite Bethesda game. I played only eighty hours, so that should tell yeah. you something. I mean, it's like, and I really just consider it mediocre more yeah. than anything else. Um, it leaned, it also leaned too far into the collect junk and build stuff. Any
0: yeah, the ir- whole irritating base construction. And everything. Base, I don't care about which that. which. Honestly, was kind of frivolous. Which it just back here. You know, yeah. it's, it's in here again. Yeah, but uh, they do build on their systems. They tend to.
1: Yeah, but the good news is. You don't really have to do any of yeah it you, don't. you don't you really to. don't at all yeah um which is also part of the bad news
0: but yeah also, you know, it's here we are let's try to keep it structured I want to try to keep things organized so let's start by talking about the story um obviously any RPG story integral to keep you playing keep you going I would argue the story in this might be its weakest element um. I mean the setup is great and cool, but the, I just yep, struggled to find premise. people that I cared about.
1: Uh, well, the the story is pretty good. The story is kind of an Arthur C. Clarke sort of like Childhood's End uh, monolith sort of thing, um, and that hangs together pretty well. Uh, my problem with it is not the main story, and actually, the, I would say the a lot of the faction quest lines are more interesting, um, which is pretty typical in Bethesda's RPG. Like, like whoever writes the the Dark Brotherhood stuff in the in the Elder Scrolls games is clearly on fire more often than, than the main <laughs> quest people. Yeah. But like, um Yeah, so that's cool. The problem is that your companions are terrible. They um, really are. I don't like any of them except Sam. The cowboy. Okay. The cowboy yeah. guy is okay. It's funny, I saw the the guy who voices him, like he was reposting like angry takes about how bad he is in the game and like one of them was like it's like fuck whoever told him to like whisper barely talk about a whisper and sound like a gay cowboy and he says he's like this is the greatest feedback I've ever gotten and like But I do like, Uh, as a character... Welcome to the games industry. As a character, I do like Sam. I would like to throw his child out in an airlock. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Why
0: is she there? Sympathy or something? Because
1: he just, you know, he's a single parent and there's there's nowhere else to put her. So she comes on the starship that might get blown up at any given time. It's like, I mean, you do... Timmy is saying, no love for space Karen. (laughs) Oh, no, Sarah's. A, also, well, by the way, people. Sarah's okay, but she kept getting mad at me every time I did, even slightly did something <laughs> shady. And I'm like, "You, lady, do you know what game you're in? Yeah, like, yeah. this is a Bethesda RPG. I'm going to be stealing every single thing that isn't nailed down. That's how we roll. Come on. By so the I way, got rid people, of her very
0: quickly. By the way, people, I know a lot of you guys have played this already. So if you have something to contribute to the conversation that you would like us to see or reference, make sure you go at Sifted Games in the chat so that we can see it. I'll see it out of my peripheral vision, and I'll be sure to check it out. Just something to note before we get going here.
1: But, like, most of these people, like, don't have a lot of affinity for. Uh, they're, they're fine. It's they're actually, doing
0: nothing. Like, the not, one guy is like, I've been studying religious artifacts for the last three millennia. It's like, I don't care.
1: Oh, uh, my, my <laughs> the team with, my, like, the, the pilot hat. Or whatever yeah. With that, with that. yeah, all the religious people wear the little, like, pilot hat yeah. thing. I'm just like, oh my... <laughs> I will say this. NASA punk. One of the things, one <laughs> of the things I thought was weird is, or disappointing from a kind of aspirational future thing, is how religious so many people are in yeah. this weird future time. And also, like, there's a point where I gotta hate this the kid, like, the, like she, <laughs> but at one point she's like. You'll walk into the ship, and it's just like I bought a bigger ship at one point purely to hope that she would be in other parts of the ship. So when I walked through to get to the cockpit, she wouldn't trigger her fucking have to hear skyscraper her. joke yeah. for the four thousandth time. But like at one point, I walk in, she, she's like, she's like, she's like, you're always upgrading the ship. It's like Christmas every day. I'm like, why do you know what Christmas is?
0: Yeah, exactly. There are no churches.
1: There are no crosses. There, no one has mentioned Christianity or any of the major religions. We talk about this weird one where everybody wears the skull caps, yeah. and like there's a bunch of, like, Klingon weirdos out in the, somewhere that no one's ever. <laughs> House of Vatlu or whatever the hell yeah. is there. But, like, no one has mentioned anything about Why do you know what Christmas is?
0: Yeah. Like, video games do that all the time, though. They use, like, euphemisms and catchphrases from modern society that don't make any sense within the context of the, the game.
1: Yeah, every once in a while. But, like, in, like, in fantasy worlds, it's weirder. But yeah. this one, I'm like, what? what? no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> it's, and it's not, like, a big deal. It's not a problem. But it's like how, like, in... It's like how in um the last jedi which is my favorite star wars movie i'm not slagging the last jedi here but when when laura dern says godspeed rebels i'm like that shouldn't be a thing in star wars no you're right yeah she should not say godspeed and later on oscar isaac should not say big ass yeah no one should say (laughs) big ass in star wars i don't know why that's the rule for me but it's true now that
0: i said in my my eval for this that this game is more star trek than star wars do you agree with that for the most part, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say so, and also the companion thing, like, I was trying to figure out at one point, because, like, very quickly they start to bond with you, especially the, because there's a fairly midpoint ish of the storyline. There's a point where you basically have to choose between two characters dying, one dying or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, like, like a Mass Effect, like, where, yep. like, some, somebody's not going to live. And yep. the way the game chooses that is by who, the two characters you have the highest affinity with. Yep. Um, and so the there's a point hard. where you can tell they're speed running the affinity thing with you early on because you're like, we got to finish this up to get their quest done because one of them's going to die. Right. So you got to get this done in a hurry. And it was a little obvious to me what was yeah. happening. But the problem was, like, they start doing the thing where they start eventually turning. It's like, hey, can we also like the thing where, like, when you hit an affinity point and, like, you can talk to them about the next step of their companion quest thing. Yep. Like, there were times when it was like, what was like, um, uh, it's like, hey. Uh, when you get some time i 'd like to have a t- i'd like to talk for a little bit. I was like every time you enter a new room, every time you go through a loud screen at one point yep. I was in a dogfight in a in, in space, and Sam walked up behind me and said, "Hey, when you get a chance?" I got some things I like to talk about. And I'm like, we are. I'm like, we are in a dogfight against five other starships, one of which is four levels higher than me. Sit the fuck down, dude. Like it was just like, can you people shut up for no, five you're right, fucking man. minutes? They, they and, all, and there's a whole thing where they'll be not enough vocal. Suddenly they'll either. turn you and be like, like I just want to say I really appreciate you taking me along. It's been every, everything in my life is really. I'm like, dude, you guys are creepy. They are. Y'all, y'all yeah. are like. Getting real intimate, real fat. Like like I thought the Baldur's Gate three characters were weird because they were so horny, which turned out to be a bug. bug. I was right; that was not normal. (laughs) But these guys are like, oh, you're trying to like emotionally bond with me, and I barely. I I just met. I just met you, and and also I don't particularly like you. Yeah, and like it's it's very. And you all have these dead eyes that I don't want to look at direct because they're looking right at you because it's a first person game. And like I kept thinking, like, why do I don't like these guys? But I do. Like I would kill someone to go hang out with Garrus Vakarian for a day from Mass Effect. Like, like yeah. the companions in Mass Effect I love. Yeah. And, I, and part of it's just because Mass Effect is, no one does that better than Mass Effect. Yeah. No one's ever done companions in an RPG better than Mass Effect. But part of it, I think, is that when the scenes happen between Shepard and those characters, Shepard is a character. Right. Like, Shepard is a you. little divorced from me. I'm making yeah. decisions for Shepard, but Shepard is their own person. Yeah, yeah. They reference him. And I, rec- of- yeah. and I recognize that they have this relationship between these two characters that is different from the relationship I have with these characters. Yeah. But that's not here in, this, in the Bethesda model. In the Bethesda model, you are, they're just talking to me. They're just talking mm-hmm. directly to you, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I it just makes me. feel. I agree. I feel I shouldn't feel social pressure from my RPG, but I'm like, I don't feel the same way about you. And I'm not going to pick flirt for any of you people. I'm like, like, it's 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 a weird thing and it's (laughs) awkward. And like, it makes me wish I'd taken that trait, which gives me like bonuses for not having anyone on the ship.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about the fact that there's really for a huge chunk of the game, not a clear like antagonist, like bad guy? Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah? I love stories with no antagonist. Yeah. Like, if, without a villain. It's a little strange. Um, for strange. a video game, particularly. But, like... I feel like it, it resulted in, like, no set piece moments in the game. Like, there's no epic, like, boss fights and the uh, things that you would have if there was a... Generally, if there was a primary antagonist and you right, had but, henchmen and all this stuff, like... Right, but here's the thing. I mean, there there is an antagonist, eventually. Right. Yeah. And there is but stuff But it takes like
1: a that. long time. It takes a while. I mean, you could get there in, like, ten hours if you beeline
0: it. Yeah. Um... I guess maybe that's how some people played it. This is one of those games where I did not beeline, though. I and some of it was I mean, out of necessity, but like,
1: but also like I like game. Thi- I like stories with no clear villain. I like yeah. stories where like the the you know like I love Mi- Hayao Miyazaki movies. I love mm-hmm. My Neighbor Totoro because there is no villain in that movie. Yeah. It's just a, it's just life, and there is an element of this where it's just like you know the constellations. You know, reason for existing is exploration finding out what's out there digging a bit and that's good enough for me in this setting mm-hmm. you know and and then it gets more complicated and some stuff yeah. happens and right. it turns out that of course there's of course there's more happening than that yeah but like early on that's that's all i need you know, really um it definitely gets weirder later on but yeah for um, sure it, which also resulted in them throwing a new skill tree menu at me around 80 hours into the game yeah. which you don't get every day <laughs> that's for um, sure but like, but yeah, but like, and I, I love, yeah, you know, I do. Like you said about it being Star Trek, I do think it's, mo- it's got more in common with Star Trek uh, than mo- probably any other major like space franchise. But mm-hmm. I will say, like, it runs the gamut. Like, you know, like New New Atlantis is Star Trek. That's that's Star that's Starfleet. Like yeah. that, that city is basically yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas like Aquila City, the Western city, that's Star Wars. It is. Yeah. A little bit of Firefly, but it's yeah. also, but it's Star Wars. It's it's the it's the gunslinger Western sort of like frontier thing that Star Wars has going on, The rough mm-hmm. and tumble cantina stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like Neon, which is cyberpunk, cyberpunk which all yeah. is cyberpunk corporate shit. Yeah. And then you've got Sidonia, um, which is the mining town on. Uh, on Mars, which is basically total recall and like kind of all the down, the down and dirty, like, you know, or the expanse, there's a little bit of the expanse to that one too. It's like, it's like capitalism has crushed these people into the ground, literally yeah. to the point that they have to like every five seconds, someone sets off a charged explosion under the ground with a warning on an intercom. And that's yeah. just what people's lives are. They're, yeah. Like, and they do a really good job of like whatever kind of brand of space, Sci- science fiction or space fantasy you like there's an element of that in here somewhere you can find for it. you. you can find yeah, yeah. it somewhere um you know you can join the rangers you can join the space marines you can join yeah you know the, and the it's space like pirates. you join and yeah. you really join oh like, yeah those and quest lines and are, are in, deep oh and in in, in classic um uh, uh bethesda style no one gives a shit if you are a pirate and a ranger at right. the same time. Yeah, like yeah. early on, you're like, oh, <laughs> is this gonna be like it's gonna be a problem that I'm doing Crimson Fleet stuff, but I'm also a free No, no. None whatsoever. <laughs> Never kind of consequence for that whatsoever. Like Yeah. And some people are like, Oh, I wish it would lock you out of something. I was like, No, because it's a it's a hundred plus hour game and I don't want to play it again, just to see what the fucking space pirate missions look like. It's, I
0: found fine. myself gravitating to the side missions more in this than most RPGs that I play. The side missions are very this is some of the best side missions
1: Bethesda's has ever done. Um and some of them like I will say this. Bethesda's always had a little bit of a problem with, like, adequately rewarding you for things you do and, and loot and stuff. They've, they're still not perfect, but some of those side missions, even ones that are not faction-related, they give you really good shit. Yeah, Like, oh, yeah. early on, I, ended up, I just... One of those quests... Guns, especially. Really good guns. There was one that I did that I was like, I just picked it up off a of note on a space pirate, and at the end of it, I got, like, legendary armor and a really good ship. It's like wow, like that was. I feel really good about this. Like, yeah, it, 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 they've they've definitely improved that.
0: AJ um, has a couple of questions. First, he says that the load times in the game to ruin the game for him. Um, ruin the game, maybe a little extreme, but certainly really annoying and, and seem out of place in a um, game in twenty twenty three.
1: So I, I will say this: on my PC, I, there's never been a load time more than four seconds long. Oh, because well, it's oh, on your beast SSD. of a PC, the, yeah. yeah.
0: The load times I've, on Xbox Series X are it's long. There, I've,
1: I've played it. Um, so I played this game 120 hours. About. Yeah, uh, about 75% of that was on PC. About 25% on Xbox. Basically, when I was sick and wanted to lay on the couch, I would go play. Thank you, Xbox Anywhere, because I just go play play the same save over on my Xbox. Yeah. Um, and when I was playing it on the Xbox, I will say, um, because my I mean hey, I we're
0: seeing load times right now, actually.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean I know I've we've seen performance issues on my 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 computer. That thing the thing runs everything on ultra 4k 60 frames a second butter yeah. Like every once in a while you get a little stutter when it auto saves but like that just seems to be what auto saves do in video games yeah uh, when then i switched to the xbox i'm like oh my god <laughs> it's like 25 and yeah, yeah. like the cities are are a mess yeah, really, yeah. frame rate wise but i got used to it in like five minutes you know I, I, it was not an issue I, I'm that mostly,
0: City when you first city's rough <laughs> <laughs> and, and the load time, like times are longer
1: like here so here's my thing with this like this ties in with the load times. I will say this: I think a lot of the load time stuff is to keep it functional for consoles. Because remember, one of the main, um, one of the big mods in Skyrim, modern Skyrim, starting with the CE, really, uh, the, the special edition, really, um, but certainly with the anniversary edition, is the Open Cities mod, yeah, which makes it so the the cities don't load in. You, open, you just open the door and walk into the city. There's no load times. All that stuff can happen in Bethesda games. They break it up with load times, I think, to make it bite-sized chunks enough for the mod, the consoles to handle it in the time they're released. I am very sure that we will see mods quickly that will let you skip a lot of those load times. Really? Yeah. You think so? 100%. Except not for Xbox. Eventually. You think? Not for S. Yeah, but I think I mean it'll make it more unstable. But like you can do it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's possible. The other problem with the, the thing with the load times is the nature of how the space travel works means it's just going to be load times done under cutscenes. Yeah. Because that's a my my biggest um, caveat with this game. Um, as much as I like it. Is that the space travel is incidental?
0: Yeah, it's like um, why does it even exist? Really? There's very, I mean, it exists because it has to be there. I right?
1: guess for this premise, you have to be able to do that.
0: But I would be okay if I could just fast travel from one planet to another and just ignore space. But you can't. You can. That's what you yeah, do all the time. You're right. Actually, you do. Yeah. Once you've been a place, you never have to That's
1: fly true. there again.
0: Well, depending, as long as you're not in a battle, there's some some conditions that'll stop you from doing it. But. but
1: I mean, I all the time if it's two places I've already been outside of cities that scan you for contraband. Yeah. If there's two place, if I'm like if I'm going to direct Directly to some other planet. uh, I'm just I I and I'm on the planet I just finished scanning or whatever. I will just pull out, go to the other planet, load in, pick the landing site, hit land, and usually I just load in right there. Yeah, the fast
0: travel options in this are incredible. Yeah, but thank God though.
1: But they need to be right. But the fast travel also removes the entire reason for existing of the space. No, you're right. Like, (laughs) does there's nothing to do in space? That's the. I'm like, look, that. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's space. Um, would I prefer to, like, sit and wait 45 minutes like in Star Citizen where you have to wait real time to, like – fly get to, like, to another no, planet? No, that's yeah. not what I think. <laughs> but you could do more. Like, you, Basically, the only things to do in space are to – Pick up loot that you find and get in fights. Yeah, and there's not there's nothing else. Yeah, and the fights um, don't
0: happen enough. There aren't enough pe- like people at least close to your level to fight out in space. Like,
1: well, that's the other thing is like I've never found the levels to matter that much. Really, it's more about what level ship you're not right. level ship, but what kind of ship. Right, you're flying. and if you how
0: much you've and how much because the
1: levels don't give you anything. It's just a skill point. So wherever you put that skill point, kind is of what determines matters. What, what matters.
0: How do you like how the the skill points are set up so that you have to. Unlock certain things. You have to achieve certain things before you can actually apply the skill point to it. I think it's. I think that's a pretty good way to to balance
1: the system between like discrete leveling versus kind of the the Elder Scroll style of use the ability use the skill to level it up thing. Yeah, I do think in the end I prefer having a tangible goal. Yeah. Sometimes they're like out of your way. It's like okay, what does that? A lot mean? of times
0: they just happen. Just organic. They happen organically. Just sometimes
1: especially with the skill like or the modification stuff. Sometimes it's like. Okay, what what does that mean? Like like there's one of the this what is it? I can't remember which one it is. I think it's the special projects one or something, but it's like oh no, it's a starship uh, starship engineering, starship design, starship yeah. design is what it is. The thing you get where you can use better m- modules when you're customizing the ships. The the upgrade task is to install x number of unique modules. There is nothing called a unique module in the Starship customization. It's actually this one particular menu that's called something else. I can't even remember what it is. And you just have to install 10 of those. No. But like... Not they, they, they aren't called unique there's nothing calling them unique to the whole fucking thing like it's like how am I supposed to the only there's no I'll way to know though. that
0: I wasn't even exposed to that and it just shows you how you can kind of play it the way that you want to like I never even came across that because I wasn't interested mm-hmm. in that part of the trees or whatever
1: well neither was I until I got the C-class giant I have this giant freighter uh-huh. that I got from another quest like it yeah like they gave me they gave it's a freighter me, <laughs> it's, it holds 5,000 kilograms <laughs> And it's it's basically invulnerable. It is that I, I went up to C class piloting, level four piloting specifically so I could fly it. Uh huh. And it is kind of a boat. You know, it's, it's yeah. but I have never seen I've been in fights against five or six other like enemies. I have never seen the shields on this thing drop below thirty <laughs> percent. Like it is and like the guns are very slow, but it's like half your shields are gone. All your shields are gone. One you're more shot, your ballistics. <laughs> oh, you're gone Oh, you're dead already. All right. Yeah. I mean, it is a it's it's a flying fortress. I will say this. But the one thing is, upgrade I in want the ships, more. You feel the upgrade. Oh yeah. Sure. I want more power in it though, because you know you have to do all the X-wing style. Yeah. Like, you know, the, this thing puts it only puts out like twenty four slots of power, and I would like thirty. you yeah. know, like, More like that to power everything as much as I can. First off, I couldn't find the reactor in the ship. I'm like, where is it? It's buried in the ship <laughs> somewhere. And then I I can't get a better reactor because the c-class reactors that i can buy are all worse than the low level b-class reactors i had in my previous ship so it's putting less power out and to get the higher ones i have to be higher in starship design but to do starship design i have to add these frivolous things i literally stole some pirate ships so i could just slap these extra modules <laughs> on them and not ruin my current ships yeah like one thing we should add right very now weird. Though, is that you don't really
0: have to do no. any of that
1: if you don't want to None of that is necessary. You can use standard ships, you can either yeah. buy or get or earn through quests or steal th- from That's people. what I've been
0: most impressed with is that you can one, you can play it however you want. But two, it's totally feasible to play it however you want. It doesn't I didn't feel yeah. like it made it any more difficult or less difficult.
1: No, and like you can muddle your way through the stuff you're not skilled mm-hmm. in, but yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter like yep. And I, I specialized in rifles, like I my only combat wow. skills are in uh, are in laser laser and uh I have the laser and ballistic damage ones and then I have rifles. Wow! I use laser. I never
0: would have guessed that that would be your path. Oh, I,
1: oh, that's how I... in Fallout as well. It's oh, really? always, always like rifles. I have I have one scoped that I can hit from a distance, usually silenced, and then I have one that's just like a semi-auto close-up weapon.
0: AJ is also asking us: Did we play it in first or third person? First, it's a first-person game. We all we both played it all in first person. It's.
1: I mean, I tried third person, but I mean, it's probably the best implementation of third person they've ever attempted. Yeah. However, um. It's it's still just a first person game with a thir- with a character model slapped on it because look you're still just aiming with the the cursor on the in the center of the screen mm-hmm. the direction your character is facing doesn't matter so it's it doesn't it's not true third person it doesn't feel right like she's she's facing the container I want to open but she can't open the container until I put my
0: dot yeah. over the <laughs> container yeah which is you just you just play in first person it's a first person game veritas he feels that there's a ton to do in space i don't know what he's talking about yeah i don't know what you're talking I, about to me space was just pointless there like, are
1: three things you can do in space you can fight you can dock with something and you can land on a planet yeah that's it
0: i mean i've docked with space stations and stuff and i've fought dogfights, impromptu dogfights where people just come out of the ether they're like hey you're gonna give us your stuff or we're gonna blow you out of the sky yeah that's pretty much all i've ever done in space i will say this I contacted Bethesda and I asked them if I could fly to other planets, if I would eventually make it. And they were like, yep, but it's literally going to take you like 24 hours of real time flying to get there. They're like just Faster. Yeah, just
1: a, <laughs> Alana Pierce uh, actually did that. She flew from, I think, Earth to Pluto. Really? And it took her seven hours. <laughs> and when she got there, Pluto was just a flat image, and she flew through it. Was
0: it was just a sprite. Yeah, it was just a sprite <laughs> in the distance, and she just flew through it. She did get there. Wow. Um, yeah, they said they, he said you can, it's there. Like, you can actually fly it if you want to, but, like, but why she had,
1: you? But she had to actually still go to the map and pick yeah. it and load it in as a plane. Right, right, right. So it's not, My like, really. My point is that
0: Bethesda was basically telling me in a roundabout way Nobody. There's nothing to do well, yeah, in space. space.
1: Right? Like, but there's stuff you could do locally in space. That, right. You know, and I, and I know, I get you know, if you blow asteroids up, there'll be like pieces you can pick up with. You know, here's four iron. Great. Yeah. Who cares? Um, it's just there's not much there. There's compelling. No there there. There's
0: nothing compelling to do in space. Like some of the space stations are kind of cool. You invade yeah, them. Yeah, and, and
1: some, when you jump into places, sometimes you'll run into like random characters who fly mm-hmm. in, like grandma and like yeah. these things like that. But I also like I've started getting rep- repeats of that all the time. Yeah, now. me too. And yeah. like it's okay, like great. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen, I've, I've come, I've I just tell grandma to go away now. Yeah. Because I'm like I've been there, and <laughs> yeah. you don't really refresh the fucking food, so it's not like I got more more to pick up. <laughs> um. So yeah, other than other than like hoping for some kind of RNG encounter, there's not really a reason to fly anywhere because I just yeah. so I just fast travel, and like it's just the same the same five grab jump animations the yeah. same five landing animations yeah it's like yeah. and it's like wh- okay great And every time you jump in one of your companions is just like it's like oh i never get tired of that I'm like really because i was tired of it around jump 20 <laughs> like and i love space stuff I, i'm yeah, a big yeah. space person and it's just it's not particularly interesting because like there's nothing to do and like yeah. and it's and you know it's not any really different from like something like no man's sky where it's like okay no man's sky sure i hold the button to take off and go through the atmosphere but what's the really the difference nothing yeah. you know there's nothing to do i do kind of wish you could skim the planet like no man's sky style
0: yeah fly along the planet um, instead of having to choose a different landing point. yeah i
1: wish there was a little more of that but i imagine you're you're taxing the engine to a degree that it was never meant to be yeah like,
0: when like, we were talking before i left and i had already been playing the game for a long time i was you know i'm under embargo and i can't even talk to matt i mean that's the crazy part i just really can't i was still trying to well, i didn't like, want to hear about it anyway yeah yeah there was still a couple of moments where i was trying to use my eyes to like tell you like about the the planet travel mm-hmm. about how you couldn't fly across the planet like you can in no man's sky and how yeah, well, the, i mean i knew you couldn't do that yeah i didn't i was surprised they were they were pretty that. clear about that yeah, i was surprised um, by that the um, uh, it's, it's just liberal flattering. hack asked yeah, a good question. He says, does upgrading the ship matter, though, if there's nothing to do in space? Not I'm, really. I mean, the only thing that matters in that is
1: um, distance of jump. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, the current ship I have can can jump some ridiculous yeah. like i if can you, jump halfway across the galaxy yeah, if you haven't played
0: it like you can fast travel between planets but when you start going between like galaxies your ship only has so much jump that it can do well, there's only one galaxy oh i'm sorry well what are you jumping between at that you jump between
1: star systems star systems but yeah. like and you can't fast travel until you've been there right obviously so like you still got to get there and some of those layers some of the outer star systems are pretty far jump like your starting ship cannot jump further than i think about Two star systems, three. Well, it depends on the distance, and that's hard to figure out early on because it's a 3D distance. Right. And
0: sometimes you're like, that's clearly not that far. but like, Is this the point where we talk about how terrible the interface is? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we can both agree that's the worst part of the game.
1: I don't understand how anyone thought this inventory menu, menu was
0: acceptable. Again, like, call the Duck Consulting Agency; like the, they could have fixed it for you. Todd, I cannot
1: tell you how many. It's like it's like okay, so you you open the the inventory, and then you can hit LB to switch to the starship inventory, and then hit LB, if you're selling something, you can hit LB to switch between. I cannot tell you how many times I've accidentally bought stuff from a vendor because I thought I was in my inventory selling it to him yeah. or accidentally sold stuff off my Starship yeah. because I thought I'd gone back to my own inventory. And, like, just make them different colors. Yeah, just put them on different sides of the fucking screen. You like, it. this is a solved problem <laughs> in your other games. games. I know it's crazy.
0: What the fuck are you doing? I know. It's, really it's so fucking stupid. It's so crazy. It's like... Did anybody play this? Did you? Are your QA people afraid to tell you like there are things wrong yeah, with like the game? Like you figured out a way to do a fast <laughs> travel system
1: that goes three layers deep on the fucking star map and you can't figure out where I put my goddamn sandwich. <laughs> what the hell? And they never explain it. And there's never this thing. Did you know that you can actually store stuff in the ship storage from like outside the ship?
0: I didn't know that.
1: If you're a certain distance away from it, do you know what distance that is? No. No, neither do I, because I never fucking tell you. I have no fucking idea how far away you have to be, but you can sometimes if you're there. (laughs) I don't know.
0: It's a mess. I think that'll be the first thing that they fix when they actually spend time fixing stuff. I think. I I I
1: hope. Shreds my mind how bad the inventory system is in this. It really is crazy, unbelievable. I mean, their their menus have never been great, but like, what?
0: (laughs) What? Yeah. Um, Japanese dude is asking how the exploration is on planets. It's limited. So, you land and you're kind of cordoned off to like a very specific area that they want you to adventure in. You can't just run in one direction forever. Oh, like, you can, though. I mean, I've, I've i hit,
1: I've hit the border once in 120 hours, and that yeah. was because I was running from those fucking terror morphs the whole well,
0: time. Well, I didn't really try. Once I figured out how the game was designed, I just stopped trying. Well,
1: also, well, it's more space than you will ever need. Yeah. Wait, because, okay, so I actually did look into this because I was, because car- I didn't run to the end because I don't, I have a life. But, like, <laughs> so your, your character runs about one kilometer a minute Uh and the test that people did before 10 minutes of running of sprinting gets you to the border Uh if you just pick a direction from your ship you just keep going so it's about ten kilometers. That's a lot. So yeah. every time you land, the the game generates a four hundred square kilometer area to run around. That's bigger than the city of Philadelphia. Right.
0: That's plenty. Yeah. That's bigger than most open world games are. Period. I think what people would say though is that there's a, kind of like space. There's nothing in those areas to do other than what they the very specific thing that they want you to. Some go of to. it. I mean, you can scan all the flora and fauna and all that. Which
1: of course I've done <laughs> about a hundred. I mean, not, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I, I got my achievement for landing on hundred a hundred planets. I- like, three days it. ago.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: how do you like that's the the also scanning re- how well, you
0: have to like scan something like eight times before you actually get the full scan of it. Well, like you gotta learn, you gotta learn stuff. Yeah. About different, 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 different Care, I analysts. gave up on scanning after a while. I just also kind of got, Well,
1: the other thing is scanning is incredibly lucrative and it is, huge yeah. XP. Yeah, yeah, Like, I leveled right. up a
0: lot I was surprised,
1: that. actually. And you go back to yeah. Vladimir, who unfortunately is the best character in all of Constellation and the one guy who won't come <laughs> with you on missions. You're right, yeah. But you can sell planetary survey data for anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 credits per yeah. thing. The only limitation is how much money he has. Yeah. Um, so that's been a very lucrative thing. I've found some pretty cool monsters and yeah. planets. Um, yeah, I
0: think the creatures are creatures better are than the ones cool. in No Man's Sky. Um,
1: yeah, because they're more they're, believable. They're, they're more handcrafted. Yeah, uh, they're not as weird, but like they do, they do, and they're they're more um Themed. similar to each other. Right. Yeah, but there's a lot of like interaction between the ecological niches. Mm-hmm. There's you can very easily the scans tell you, but also you can tell who the hunters are. Like I have a bunch yep. of screenshots I took from this one planet where they're basically these giant brontosauruses with glowing brains and cages on tops of their heads and they were being hunt- there were giant herds of them they were being hunted by packs of mantises wow like these big mantises and the mantises would come around the sides and come in and, and attack them and take them all down and then they'd all run in different directions and that would live other mantises would come in and kill it wow. was really cool and then cool. there were these, there were, these there were these flying enemies or not enemies they were creatures but they'd come down and like eat the dead ones that the mantises didn't there get was an to. ecosystem there, there are ecosystems happening there, I took a bunch of pictures of that. That was cool. And then there was one place I went because it's usually a, a herding, like, kind of prey animal. Yeah. One planet I was on had a it, the herd prey animal was a defensive, natured, uh, horned like r- a giant rhino thing, like the, like like twenty feet tall. Yeah. And it was just killing. Everything Like the little like panther creatures would come to, and they'd just kill them all. And then they'd panic because they were defensive and everybody would attack. So they'd just run around killing. Like they were basically murdering every other animal on the planet because yeah. they were so afraid of everything and so defensive. But yeah. they were so big and dangerous that they, they were couldn't just, help but kill things. They were like hippos. They yeah. were just like running over everything. Uh-huh. It was, it was, so there's a lot of stuff like that that was. There's never. Anyway, I love No Man's Sky. You know that. i played mm-hmm. a thousand, literally a thousand hours yeah, of No Man's yeah. Sky. I have never seen anything like that. No, in no you're Man right. Sky. Yeah.
0: This um, game is more handcrafted and more yeah. curated than no man's sky. And it's, it's, I will say, like, but it I still has spontaneity to it though, which is why so I was pleasantly surprised by kind of the emergent stuff that just happened in this game, which makes the things like the interface all the more puzzling Yeah, because there's so much attention to detail paid in some of the other parts of the game that you're just like, what is this? Like, how did you screw this up so badly? Yeah. And some
1: of it, I'm sure it's just because there's different groups and different teams working on different parts of the game. But like, it's like there's like like on Sedonia, um, the, the 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 total recall mining town yeah. on on uh, on uh, Mars. There's a sign that says however many days since the last incident. Yeah. And if you start some shit and kill somebody, it will reset it yeah. to zero because yeah. that was an incident, <laughs> which is great. There's stuff like that all but over. Yeah. Contrast that with the fact that when you do a grab jump, your character's hands just randomly move over the console and don't actually press anything yeah. specific. And it differs between which cockpit you're in. So, like, when I first played um, in the starting ship, she just her her the last button she pressed was um, some kind of like diagnostic button. Uh And then on one other cockpit, she was just tapping a blank panel. And on my current ship, apparently the grab jump button is also the speaker button on the intercom panel. (laughs) And I'm like, all this time, all this work, all this shit. And you didn't bother to make the grab jump thing that we're going to have to watch how a thousand times actually match up to some controls on something. It's, it's so it's weird. It's weird.
0: It's how a it hit or miss that stuff is. But the but the but when the, the, the cool stuff happens, you're like, whoa! Like, yeah. Cause it cause so, because it kind of catches you so, off guard because all see, the, all that, well, it wasn't there for other parts right, of the game. But it's like so much stuff
1: where it's like, okay, like you, you have all this animation of her all the different cockpits is a different animation of her getting in the seat and the seat rolls up and she pulls the controls. Toward, like it's clearly a big deal. You're supposed to look at all these controls. All the controls yeah. All the panels and screens on these ships are all like you can read all the readouts. You can see all the graphs going up and down. Like it's yeah. all, it's so meticulously down to the fucking until until <laughs> the character does the one time the character presses. You know, when you're flying the ship, you can see the controls are working properly. Yeah. Like you yeah. can see the, what you're doing reflected. Go, why isn't the grab jump thing an actual?
0: They didn't go the extra. There's mile only there. so
1: many cockpits in the game. You just need that animation for each cockpit. Why isn't yeah. that there?
0: It's, it's it only seems like there's a handful of different
1: cockpits. Like no, I like think, I think there's probably work. a dozen or so. You think it's, there's that many? Looking through the modules, there's a, there's a good number, but it's, there's, a lot of them are variations Still, of the even same. Even if there's kind. a dozen, like that, you that should, that that should do be that. doable. Yeah. I mean, you did a thousand planets, you could do twelve yeah. animations. <laughs> like shown. you know, like like yep. I'm and look, that's nitpicking, sure, but like it's you're inviting nitpicking by having it be this detailed, and then all of a sudden having this weird cut corner. Yeah. Um, and I don't know
0: why that is. Um, AJ's asking about outposts. He says, "Have you invested much in it?" He's not. And he's wondering if he should be. I mean, so I, I don't did, think you have to do no, it. No, I like...
1: made one. Outposts are the worst explained thing in the game. Yeah. Um, I made one outpost because when, early on I got a, um, a mission board mission to deliver a certain amount of Argon to New Atlantica.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or New Atlantis or whatever the hell the name is. Yeah, New Atlantis. Um, and I had to figure out how cargo links worked. Because the way you have to start an outpost, put extractors on the Argon thing, build a whole uh, you know a resource bin to put those in figure out that you got to hit the right trigger to connect them to that and then you got to build a cargo link which is a giant starship landing pad with that that you can feed the argon into a pad there and then the ship will come down and pick it up and take it someplace else usually to your other outposts with cargo links that you've linked them up for i don't really understand why you'd want to do that because mm-hmm. it just seems like you're shuttling your resources around for no reason but you can go to the cargo link and also link it to the cities that need those resources so that's what you do the problem was i couldn't find the cargo link to build and i couldn't figure it out i was like oh maybe i need to learn the recipe for it or maybe i don't i don't have the skill for that maybe i need to put a point in outpost skill turns out it's just in miscellaneous it's buried in the (laughs) miscellaneous which is also like you can build like trees and benches and shit there and i'm like one of the most important economic <laughs> tools in the game is buried in a miscellaneous yeah. menu. So yeah. I built that, and I have never touched the outpost thing ever again. The only other thing, and I, I haven't done this because <coughs> I didn't want to break the game before we talked about it. I might now. <laughs> you might now. But I'm thinking, maybe, I haven't really looked online for most stuff. A couple times I've looked stuff up because I'm just like, well, how the fuck do you find the cargo link? That's how I found the cargo yeah. link was I looked up how it is and it showed me, showed me where it was. But I'm guessing, so when you craft stuff you get exp- xp for it. Yeah. And there's some stuff that's real cheap to craft like the adaptive frame, which is a basic construction thing. It's like yeah. one nickel and one iron. So I'm thinking if you find if you find a planet that has nickel and iron, and you can find a place where you can build an outpost where there's nickel and iron in that outpost and you put resource extractors there and just like build a bunch of holders and let it fill up and then just take all that cuz you can access all the resources on your when you're in the outpost yeah. and just build like hundreds of adaptive frames you should be getting, like, thousands of XP a minute. Right,
0: yeah. So I think you, you do could just map. break
1: the level system by doing that. Huh. Interesting. And if you could get more complex with it, you could build more complex stuff with other elements. Like, that might be what the cargo link could be used for. You could cargo link all the different elements you need to build, like, the higher, the, the better, higher level construction stuff that gets you more XP per build, yep. shuttle it all back to one main outpost, and just build hundreds of these things and make tens of thousands of XP
0: yeah, you level up so
1: much more Fast, quickly. Like because yeah. you can build things like 99 at a time. Yeah, yeah. So like theoretically you could do that,
0: and like that solves your fucking encumbrance problem because you just level everything up. I'm glad um, you brought that up. Let's talk about encumbrance because it literally drove me bonkers. I don't in this know game. why Bethesda is so in love with that Nobody with does shit. it anymore for no a reason. No one likes it. Nobody likes it. And this is too low.
1: It's too yes. low in this game. It, it drove you, me bonkers. You should be able to carry at least 50 extra kilograms than you can yeah. in this game.
0: It's just a constant struggle throughout the entire game to have enough and for what? Why? For why? 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 Like, why? I why don't are you, understand. Why
1: are, you, why are you making me do this? What is I the point? I feel like
0: it's them just being like, we're going to stick to our guns and you're going to deal with it. Like, yeah, I don't, well, it's kinda why, like, why else? Well, it's
1: kind of like the whole Bethesda, like, you'll never be able to respec right. in a game. Right, right. You know, They'll never let you respec in yeah, yeah. these things. Because
0: it's like, okay, It's sure. one of those things where they just stand their ground on it, but it's like, nobody does this anymore for a reason. No. Nobody likes it. And I haven't actually...
1: You know, done the console command to take it off or use the mod to undo it yet? I just, yeah. I've tried to You've play it honest. It. Yeah, uh, but you know, early on, one of the first things I yeah, you know, I feel like I wasted time leveling up my fucking like carry weight, uh-huh. and one of my biggest things with getting up upgraded ships was something that could carry more fucking cargo, yeah. like. Like that was – I spent 300,000 credits on a 3,000 cargo ship to, so I just so I didn't have to worry about where I was going to put my fucking aluminum it anymore. It drove
0: so many of my decisions, yeah. I hated ridiculous. it. It's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. It's like What's fun about that? There's nothing fun nothing. about it. Nothing. Nothing is fun about it. I don't get it. And sure, don't let me carry like 4,000. Know, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. If you don't want to be ridiculous, sure. But it's not ridiculous. Like no. it, Also, finding ammo in this game, I was constantly out of ammo – for my weapons in this, like always searching for ammo in the middle of a firefight, running out of ammo. Um, no. I don't know. There were some annoyances. I never in this ran thing. out of ammo, but like. Really?
1: No. Wow. Um, I, I did very intentionally use. My three main weapons I would switch between are all different ammo. For one thing, oh, uh, that helps. So I use like a laser one and a and a seven point seven seven and a fifty cal. I ran out of um, ammo
0: all the time. But it got
1: to a point where I, eventually, when you're doing, because one of the things you can also do when you're on the planets is you just go to random like little buildings. You find one thing. One of the, the so I've seen a lot of dumb takes on this game, and a lot of it is just like Sony people trying to like Sony ponies. tear it down. Yeah, fanboys. But the dumbest take I've seen on this game is was from someone who was like a giant fanboy about of it mm-hmm. and they were who t- loved it loved it and they were talking about like i can't believe the variety in this game every time i land on planet i find new things and i haven't seen the same structure this i've gone all these different structures i've never seen the same structure twice i'm like what are you talking about because i have cleared the same fucking abandoned mining outpost 14 times Did at this he point, play to the, game? the point that the same corpses are on the same stairwells in this thing are you kidding like, yeah. I think there's only one layout for each type of building you find
0: i how I did he play the game
1: I don't know I'm like, <laughs> I feel like, he like didn't did play you just the get game. lucky and only find different buildings yeah. every time because every single type of building is the same yeah as far as I can tell yeah, I saw unless people it's get like, buildings constantly unless it's like a specific quest related thing that you're supposed to right. find and go into and it's like a little dungeon which are usually marked with an exclamation point but like no, they're the same fucking thing. They're yeah. all the same
0: thing. They're, yeah, there's there's some copy and paste for sure. Oh, for, most just, games have it though.
1: But doing that, like you you pick up a bunch of interesting stuff, and the loot is actually pretty decent. And most of my money uh, came from either from selling planet data and from selling weapons yeah like th- those guys dropped some amazing so weapons money, yeah and like that yeah. and so every time i'd go in i would i would sell weapons until the vendor ran out of money and then i'd spend enough money to buy them out of the ammo i used mm-hmm. and then i would sell more weapons to get my money back that i just spent <laughs> on the ammo <laughs> that's and that's funny after like two of those rounds I, 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 both both of my main guns had 2000 plus
0: ammo and i never got even close to running out after that yeah Let's talk about bugs, because that is something that everyone was very concerned about before this game launched. Oh,
1: yeah. This is this is the cleanest Bethesda
0: launch in history. Easily. By, by many many By light years. <laughs> yeah, by light years. Stay thematic on it. <laughs> I literally found one bug the whole time, like one bad one, like a tooltip popped up that wouldn't go mm. away. And I did. I will say this. I had to restart my Xbox before it went away. Wow. Like, I closed out the game. And all that, and went back, and it still popped up. Once I shut down my Xbox and restarted it, it was gone. I only but that's s- like it.
1: I've only seen two big bugs. I mean, there's like usual things like yeah, companions getting stuck in corners. Yeah, or like, yeah, you know, typical like
0: cooperative that. stuff. The,
1: there's only two bugs I've seen that are common. So one of them is if you are in the star map and you switch to you switch from one survey mission to another. The the you, and also a lot of times just one quest to the other. The uh, the the marker the quest marker for the planet system you're supposed to go to will not update. Mm-hmm. You'll have to back out and go back in. Minor, but still yeah. should it still should work yeah, yeah. properly. The uh, the main thing was a hard crash I ran into where early on I think the first uh, mission for the UC Vanguard there's, there's a terramorph on a planet and when it first pops out it's like a scripted thing where it jumps out and kills another animal and you're like oh here it is okay now we got to deal with it but um, the uh, <laughs> But so when I saw it because I'm me my first instinct was I got to scan the terrible <laughs> <Of course. laughs> do not scan the Terramorph oh really and that's, because it hard crashed to the desktop wow and, so, and I did again you were same able to thing. replicate it, it really does not want to you to because it's not a native creature on right. the planet so it, it something is happening there to, to kill it so yeah that
0: was the only real serious bug I yeah. was impressed I mean you can see the muscle of Microsoft QA yeah. oh and the actually I mean I don't know if work. it's
1: a bug but at one point um, yeah, cause sometimes you can find ships that, ships will land on the planet you can go find them and sometimes you fight or sometimes there's people to talk to or trade with or mm-hmm. but I found It was an Eclipse mercenary group and they were just landing as I was getting there, and the ramp comes down, and they're all in the little hold, and yep. I just start throwing grenades in, <laughs> and I like, run trapped. in and like, burn them off, because I'm like, I'm going to steal your fucking ship. Like, yeah, yeah. And in the middle of fighting them inside the little little like landing bay, uh-huh. the ship starts taking off again. What? And I'm like, uh-oh, like what's going to happen <laughs> now? And I'm, and I'm like, should, should I get off? Because I see the ramp, I'm like, no, oh, I'm going to see what it, stay I want to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, and what happens is, as it like basically like lifted about 50 feet off the ground, I clipped through the bottom of the uh, ship and fell. And the game
0: to, was like, you can't be in here. No. Spit you it was out. Like,
1: I was like, oh, is this going to happen? Am I going to get stuck here and have to steal the ship and get back to it? I'm like, no, yeah. it's just going to clip you through it, and that's the end of it.
0: If I feel like the rub in this game is that there's all this stuff that's really cool, and you find this, this emergent gameplay, these things that happen that you don't expect. But ultimately, it feels like a lot of it doesn't matter. Mm. And so that's – I don't know if that's, like, okay, like – it lets you fiddle around and do stuff, but you don't have to do it. Like it's an interesting way to well, design a sandbox, a game.
1: yeah, and that's sort of how it is. Yeah, um, you know, in the same way that, like, you know, like I, I haven't taken a ton of screenshots because one of the things, yeah, you know, they they were pretty upfront about this, but a lot of this stuff in the game is just r- airless moons. Yeah, it's just really. You know, look, that's true in, in No Man's Sky, a yeah, lot too. Yeah. But like the um, but it does make the times you find something lush or interesting or. Very color laden, more special, and more like, okay, you know, because I don't take as many screenshots as I did like No Man's Sky or like Ghost of Tsushima, games that have a lot more color usage going on. But when you do find something like that in this game, it's amazing. Yeah. And every once in a while, you'll be like, oh, I, I have some shots where it's like, I'm in a, fo- it's a forest and those giant brain cage things are running from the mantis things. And there's a giant ringed gas giant up there. I'm
0: just like, it's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. And the other thing I love, it's like a poster from the seventies. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other <laughs> thing I love
1: is that it, the game uses your screenshots. You take as the load screen.
0: Yeah, it does. Pictures yeah. After that. I'm like, cool. that's cool. That's a nice, touch. that's a neat idea. But this game has lots of stuff like that. Le- nice little touches, which makes mm-hmm. some of the more obvious mistakes all the more yeah. like befuddling. It's like, why? That's the thing.
1: It's like it's like a lot. Some of it, a lot of it, is like stuff I wouldn't really call mistakes. But it's like, as James Cameron said about Alien Three, it's not how I would have done it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like it's just they're clearly choices that were made. Yeah. And I don't really agree with them. Yeah. But I can't really argue with them because it's it's you know it's their game. But it's yeah. like I just it's I don't know like it's it's I do like it a lot.
0: Me too. I really really yeah. I really really like the game a lot. I've enjoyed my time um, with it almost.
1: honestly
0: like there's issues here and there and things that like I don't want to say nitpicking they're bigger than nitpicks but there's things that I think will affect certain people more than others Mm -hmm. some people don't mind encumbrance I don't know how many there are but there's some but like it drives me
1: crazy I mean I got to grips with it but it's like it's annoying to me that that was like that was like the first 10 hours of my game yeah was like figuring that out
0: constantly like dealing
1: with it it, and there is an element of like you know, and this is, you know, oh, it gets good after whatever. Not really, mm. but, like, you have to... Because everything your character can do is a skill. Everything. Yeah, literally everything, yeah. Like down, like, Even the uh, most... Beyond the most basic <laughs> stuff of, like, pulling a trigger. Yeah, you know, yeah. You have to take the time to get maybe five or six levels and start to sort of tweak the character into what you want to be and what you want to do. Even beyond... I mean, I will say... The your or, people are talking about like oh your origin doesn't matter because even if you're an explorer or whatever you still start as a miner or whatever yeah. and it's like that's not the point the point is what skills you start with a jump on yeah and you have to decide what you want to be that you the skills that you would be more interested in having it's 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 that's what you want to be able to be to do right off the bat I picked explorer mm-hmm. because I knew I wanted to jump further and have that kind of the scan yeah you know, that scanning and piloting ability yeah and and there's a lot of stuff with that too like but then ultimately that's probably ended up being a bad decision right well i liked it better than being able to like jump to different systems further yeah the other thing with the piloting is like like the first level of piloting, which i didn't end up taking piloting in my, my explorer didn't give you that but I, for, I took it pretty early on uh eventually because i was finding i wasn't able to literally dogfight effectively and part of that was just the starting ship is kind of garbage yeah but like the it's like okay it unlocks thrusters well thrusters might help they never tell you how to use the fucking thrusters. They don't, yeah. You have to hold RB, and yeah. like, oh, suddenly it says thruster and you can turn faster. Yeah. It never tells you that.
0: No, you're right. It never tells you, yeah. it never tells
1: you how targeting mode works. You just start no, to unlock right. it. Yeah. And the worst part was, so with targeting mode for me was a problem, because by the time I unlocked targeting mode, I had bought a ship called the Shieldbreaker. The Shieldbreaker uh, has three laser turrets that you don't control. The turrets just fire Fire, on their own, and they shred... It's called a shield breaker for a reason. It shreds the shields, and then you just use this ballistic weapon with the left trigger to, like, wear down the hull, and it's great, but because they are auto-turrets, there is no targeting mode option, so for, like, four hours, I'm like, how does targeting mode work? I can't get targeting mode to work, and I was like, oh, you just hit X when it happened. I'm like... I can't there's no and eventually I switch to another ship I'm like oh it just doesn't work on this the ship I yeah. happen to have when
0: I got that's terrible that is terrible. tell me yeah. that this
1: ship doesn't have targeting mode or yeah, something yeah. like it's yeah. so
0: weird again it's those moments like the zero days since incidents yeah you're like wow that's amazing and then there's this other thing that's just completely a- overlooked it's a dichotomy with this game in general I think and I think people's mileage will vary with this depending on the things that they like or the things that annoy them and i think Mm -hmm. it's hard to figure out whether starfield is right for each person yeah
1: well i've I've described it to several people as like you know the good news is it's a bethesda rpg in space yeah and And the bad news is it is yeah and the bad news is it's a bethesda rpg in space like it's like if you don't (laughs) like if you if the things that annoy you about bethesda rpgs are still gonna annoy you here because they're all still here yeah I feel like part. it's
0: Metacritic is pretty accurate right now. It's most like an it. 8.6, 8.7. Like, that's probably right it's around the kind of where I, it I thought would it
1: would be. Uh, here and there, you get weird shit. Like, Sterling's review for this was nonsense. I didn't watch it or read it. Sterling gave it a four. Whoa. Wow. Because it's it's broken garbage, and basically, if you like garbage, you'll like this. Because if you like the garbage Bethesda's been shoveling out for 20 years, you'll be happy. But those of us So who he's
0: know, never liked Bethesda
1: games? I guess not. But I'm also like, dude. No Souls fan gets to fucking say that to me. I'm sorry. I don't have the stack here anymore. Or I would drop that fucking Armored Core stack. because that. I'm sorry, but they just got the same score for making the same game for the 14th fucking time with Armored Core 6. And it has all the same problems and all the same advantages, but no one fucking gives them shit. Bethesda makes this game. That's what they do. Yeah. From makes this game. That's what they do. Yeah with all the same issues and problems and stupid shit that they have never fixed from the Souls yeah. games either. But no one gets pissed about that. And in the meantime, IGN gives it a 7? Yeah. And it's, that's fine. Sure, you have 7, whatever. You're not the, I'm sorry, but a, a week and a half earlier, your same website gave Immortals of Avium an 8 out of 10. Yeah. And if you think Immortals <laughs> of Avium is an 8 and this is a 7, we are not going to get along.
0: I'll be honest with you, Matt. That was one of the hardest things for me, as head of editorial everywhere I worked, was making sure that stuff like that didn't happen. Making right. the reviews consistent so people couldn't say, but you gave this game that I think is way worse, a higher score. It's hard. Yeah, because they're different reviewers. But right. Trying to explain that to my guys and girls was difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, like I'm the one who gets taken to task when you come in and you're like, I really like this game that other people don't like as much as you. And then there's this other game that you say you hate that everybody loves. Like, I'm the one who has to manage that. I'm the one Mm -hmm. who has to message that or whatever on invisible walls when I go on or whatever. It's hard to do, but it's not impossible. You have to be good. And I feel like maybe if you're as big as IGN, you've been around as long as IGN. I have a feeling, and I don't know this for a fact, but I do have a feeling that at a certain point, IGN was like, Fuck it. We give up. Yeah. Because when you review that many games, somebody is always, someone's going to go back to like Space Station Silicon Valley for the N60. You gave that a nine. Like, right. Well, that's today. But it's like. But that's the way they are ridiculous though, yeah. man.
1: But also keep, like, like there's an element of like, I mean, my, look, my main issue, my main issue isn't even that Starfield got a seven. It's yeah. more like, you gave Immortals of Avery yeah. an eight? <laughs> yeah. You're out of your fucking mind. Fair enough. Um, you want to talk about something that doesn't do anything different or anything new or anything better? Yeah. That's not an eight.
0: Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> like, there's no ambition to that. It is a challenge um, to do, though, if you're head of editorial, to try well, to keep sure, it yeah, consistent. Sure. Even just generation to generation is a challenge. So, for sure. I, I feel just, a little bit more. that It's just a way, very but.
1: weird. It, the, that and PC. PC Gamer was, like, tweeting, like, these terrible,
0: art, like, the, like they were basically, like, trolling yeah. this week. It was like, well, Matt, uh, here's one thing that I was surprised at was people that didn't get review code. So mm. Bethesda reaches out to me way before the game comes out. They're like, here's review code. Here's your review guide, blah, blah, blah. You need anything? I have like a person I can email if I have questions and all this. And then I find out that like Eurogamer didn't get early review code at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Okay, so we got early review code, but Eurogamer didn't? And you do wonder if, some say you're the editor-in-chief of Eurogamer, and you stumble across Game Face, and here's Shane, and you're like, Shane runs this small publication now, mm. and he got review code. I could see where it would make you very angry. Shane never pissed Pete off. That's well, <laughs> I have actually in the past, but I've worked with Pete for like 20-some years. Like, they know me. They, I've banged on mm. some of their games. But it's I've, not like they don't know Eurogamer, too. Right, but maybe that EIC has only been there three years, and they don't have a mm. relationship. I don't know why, but you can I can start to see where some publications might have got really pissed. And yeah, been like, what's he's... going on here? And the PC Gamer stuff was vitriol. I, I didn't see any. Very weird. I of it. I actually muted them. Um, PC Gamer, it, it got... for whatever reason, stopped working with our admin. Their RSS feeds hmm. are all borked, and we don't get their feeds anymore. And so we just don't curate their stuff. So I don't see it anymore, which is why I didn't see all their stories. But um, it is funny. There's a few websites that have taken steps back with their technology over the last couple of years. Mm. Like our site is built <clears throat> for the future. So as more sites come online with modern, like the way they're programming sites, like they start working better with sifted. Mm. Some of them have gone backwards. They used to work great with sifted, and now they don't, which is weird. So that's one of them. But yeah. but I do th- I could I do think that there were some pissed off editors out there who did not get treated the way they thought they should be treated, and I don't know if that leaked over into their impressions and how they covered the game. I don't know. I will say this, Matt, as somebody who runs this crazy monster that gets all the feeds of all the websites and all the YouTube channels, I have never seen a game covered like Starfield. It destroyed Tears of the Kingdom, which, according to reports, I don't know how true they are, the editor-in-chief of Gotaku lost their job over covering hmm. Tears of the Kingdom too much. It destroyed Tears of the Kingdom. It destroyed Breath of the Wild. There has never been a game. So when I start working, we have this huge list of all the stuff that's coming in. And I can sort it. There's a search feature. I would sort by Starfield. Every morning when I would wake up, there would be almost 400 pieces of Starfield content. Now, a lot of them would just be like how to find the cog in Starfield, how to find this and <coughs> sites have shifted so much. Towards guides, it is crazy, man. Like you can just see, it's the only way that they can get traffic to their websites anymore. Well,
1: there were things where I, like every once in a while when I'd look up stuff like, and I've done this with other games too to look this thing There's like guides on like Newsweek and like it's car a, mechanic website. It was like, what Sports are you doing? Sports Illustrated, to, yeah, it's crazy. all of them. it's
0: the only internet traffic for games that does any business anymore. And but the problem <coughs> now. Is that everybody's doing it. And so now it's diluted for everybody. And now that doesn't work either. So it's been crazy. I mean, there has never been a game. We launched eight years ago now. There's never been a game in the last eight years. that was covered anywhere near as much as Starfield. It really is insane. Mm -hmm. It has just been complete saturation since the day it launched. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Anything. So... A lot of these sites are like, getting code early, it's almost more important to get the code early to make the guide than have the review up on day one. Like the the reviews don't even really matter anymore. It's about getting that code early so you can hand it to your guides dude or girl and they can start grinding and start creating guides for it because that's the only thing that's generating like traffic anymore. So it's been this huge changing of the guard for editorial websites and gaming over the last like three years. And it just it all came to pass with Starfield. It's just been insane. Like, I just, when I start in the morning curating now, I just sort by Starfield and just delete, 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 delete. Because it's just hundreds of things that are just, like, so specific. How do you turn around and start, I mean, stuff that stupid, Matt. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you put your helmet on or take it off in Starfield? Just one after another from every website. So, it's been interesting watching the coverage, and I... I do think some outlets are probably a little salty over not getting code early and maybe that has bled over into their coverage. I don't know, but it's been interesting to watch nevertheless. So, but I would say that's two thumbs up from you and I on Starfield. Oh yeah. I mean, for I've all, really enjoyed for it. For all it, the weird
1: things and choices like it puts you there. Yeah. Like it gets it. it. It 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 works.
0: I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of moments where I'm like, "Wow." And there there aren't enough games that do that for me anymore. Yeah. Starfield did it. Many many times, and I will keep going back
1: to. I'm um, you know even when we move on to other things, I will go back to it. I, I, oh, I'm not
0: done with it yet. I know like, this is the I'm thing, gonna thing I'm going to play. play
1: when I you know over Christmas when I'm you know done with everything else. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see the 10th anniversary edition. It's yeah. probably going to be a banger. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I do hope they expand stuff going forward. I hope. I hope you because know, like a lot of people using like console commands and stuff have found like you can get out of the ship. And there is, you know, there's, there's there's physics for the character outside the ship. Mm-hmm. You can land on asteroids. You can put outposts on asteroids. Yeah.
0: Like clearly, there's a lot of room there to grow. To do stuff. So yeah. I hope
1: there's some stuff that happens
0: with that. And I'll say um, this too: like I finished, as I said, I finished the pre and then slept like three hours and got on a plane and went to the East Coast. And I will say, for the next ten days while I was on the East Coast, I thought about Starfield a lot Mm -hmm. and i wasn't really engaged i was doing some curation and stuff but i wasn't really engaged with the games industry like i usually am it just permeated my thoughts that's powerful Mm -hmm. that's like an x factor with game development that i don't know if you can quantify Um, and in starfield it worked on me it worked its magic on me it was something that was occupying my thoughts even when i wasn't playing it so i think there's something to be said for that so It didn't turn out to be, like I drafted it number one on my fantasy team. Mm. It ended up not being worthy of that. I kind of suspected it wouldn't be but I felt yeah. like I needed to take the chance that it was this kind of yeah, next. Yeah, well, like
1: I said back I'm like, either this is going to get in that 87-90 range or it's going to be like a 60. Right. Like one or the other. And it worked out okay. It worked out okay. <laughs> okay. Well, look, is this about the same score Spider-Man 2 is going to get? Nah, I think it'll score higher, but we'll see. The others didn't. Yeah. And this is, this is probably going to be the same thing.
0: Yeah. But I would recommend, like, if somebody came to me and like, I don't want Game Pass, should I pay 60 or 70 mm-hmm. bucks for this? I would say yes. I would be okay with paying the full 70 bucks oh, yeah. for
1: Starfield. I paid $100 for it and right. I'm happy with it Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, w- I will st- I will say, though, that the Sony, the Sony people trying to like all the like, oh, well, you can't do this or you can't do that or like there's limited. You can only go this far from the ship. or da, da, mm-hmm. OK, well, when Spider-Man 2 comes out, I better see you complain you can't go into every building in Manhattan and talk to the guy at the front desk because that's the same level of thing yeah. you're complaining about.
0: Yep. Erebus um, Jones says PC Gamer went in two footed on Diablo 4 in exactly the same way earlier this year. Um, hmm. Not just we didn't like it much. It crossed into mean spirited coverage, too. And that is where you cross the line.
1: Yeah, the PC gamer stuff on Starfield
0: has That's been like That's bad editorial. Awful. Nothing this- should ever nothing you guys ever watch or read on a website, on YouTube, whatever should ever make you think that person is mean-spirited. Like it, it's like the some
1: of the st- some of the headlines, I mean I wasn't reading them obviously, but some of the headlines on the tweets were like it was shit I would expect from, like, one of those stupid, like, racist YouTube clickbait right. rage
0: guys. That's embarrassing. It was awful. Yeah. Well, maybe that explains why they didn't get code. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either, but... Um, so, anyway... Like, it was weird in the sense that I would read the thing and then I'd have to go back... PC Gamers said that? Because yeah. they have a pretty good reputation, yeah. generally. Yeah. And also, they, I'm surprised In my that.
1: head, I mean, I know they've been around forever and I probably have my own preconceptions having mm-hmm. read them back in the 90s and beyond, yeah. but, like they're kind of pretty dry yeah, like just yeah. sort of they like don't they're pretty get straightforward like that. and i'm just like yeah. what the hell
0: is this like it's weird yep yep so, so anyway weird. there's starfield i mean is there dlc coming for this i think so yeah there's one
1: there's i mean you got it if you got the the collector's edition you got the first dlc included story dlc though, uh, I mean, like, shattered Civilization. so i don't remember the name of it it was like is it story dlc I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: I have a feeling this game's going to live on for a long. No, we'll get. Long ser- I think time. we'll get several. DLC it's going to be a exactly. platform, I believe. I mean, you look can at add, Skyrim. It's a galaxy you can add <laughs> shit forever. Ever, like, it doesn't in- matter. To, literally to infinity.
1: I. The other thing I will I will note um, that I I very much appreciate um, all the stars in this game are real. Yeah, they're all real stars. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't call the one star Cheyenne. It's not because no one's you know some. Rich guy from Wyoming hasn't landed there and called (laughs) it Cheyenne, but like if if you look at the stats on the thing, it lists the catalog number. You look the catalog number up. That's the same star. Um, I think it's in Booty's, I think, but it's like same star. They did the research. All the all the astronomical data is the, the correct. Again,
0: the, the, they're the, all in the right place. Touch is there, but then in other places, blatant misses. It's right. so weird. Right, but, but anyway, ultimately, at but the it end is of a of it pretty all, accurate slice of the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah, yeah, it's remarkable. At the end of it all, Starfield is a great game. It's a great video game, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, and uh, I recommend you buy it, purchase it. I mean, I honestly recommend you get Game Pass. But to what we were just talking about a minute ago, this game's gonna yeah. live on.
1: Yeah. And and when I have my character say something, I don't have to roll a die to see if they actually get to say <laughs> it. So that's an even better bonus to me. <laughs> there you go. Um Although the
0: persuasion system doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. We didn't actually get to that, but you're no. right. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't happen though. It's often. just all luck, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I can, and I can't really figure out <laughs> what the odds I never are. cracked the
0: code. I couldn't oh, actually, crack the code you know, on it. oh
1: the other thing I would say, this is the best lock picking system they've ever come up with. Yeah. Bethesda. I like it, that it, system. It's, it's actually works pretty well. Yeah. Um, I like it. It took me a while to figure out what it was. Me too. Like the I'm, first
0: couple, I was I'm like, like what? I solved them on accident, the first yeah. couple, and then I figured it out.
1: Yeah. And then like, I mean, it got to the point early on where I'm like, I'm just going to quick save every time I do this because <laughs> I don't actually understand what's happening. And I don't want to waste
0: my picks. You want to run out of digi-picks. But, like, <laughs> yep. but no, that's actually a really cool puzzle. Yeah. So there you go. That's the long-awaited discussion of Starfield here on Game Face. I'm sure we'll continue to discuss this game into infinity because i feel like again it's going to be a game that lives on as a platform and has legs mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it when we. And there are
1: to. people are already there are already mods up to turn it all into star wars no like you can turn all the all the the uc vanguard guys into stormtroopers over. nice like they're on pc
0: on pc yeah hopefully on console someday because that is programming coming todd, to start yeah, todd said they're putting next mods year yeah so awesome that'll be great all right Let's move on. We're going to talk next about another game that has been receiving accolades over the last week and a half and has been selling very well. It is a kickstarted RPG that was framed after the classic RPGs from the 90s. Specifically, Chrono Trigger, I think, it's the one that they've kind of zeroed in Chrono on. Chrono Trigger is definitely the big Yeah, it's the ins- big inspiration. inspiration. It's, a, it's a game called Sea of Stars. It was a kick-started game, and they've already made, in, like, the first day, they made, like, all their money back mm-hmm. and then some. It is a JRPG made in 2023, and I really mean that. Yeah. Like it's it is literally a 16-bit rpg that considers the modern contrivances and has these mm. elements in them that those rpgs that we played way back then did not have um i've only played like the first hour and a half of this game i played as much as i could last night and that's all i could play matt you have been playing a ton of it so i'm gonna have to lean on you well, a little I'll bit played like five hours okay maybe. but i still will probably have to lean on you considerably for this mm. discussion um what I you was mostly it? playing Starfield, but yeah. I switch to this once in a while. Yeah, and that's an interesting dichotomy it's, as mm-hmm. well, going from a modern 3D action RPG to the stuff that we played when we were teenagers, or maybe a little younger. Okay. Well, um, well, as I've always, as I always, well,
1: I was almost 20 when Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, as I always say, execution is more important, and they have executed on this one for
0: sure. Yeah. Um, what strikes you the most about Sea of Stars? What is it about it that... Um, <clears throat> I think the fact... I mean, really the fact that it's genre-savvy
1: enough to avoid the pitfalls of what makes the genre annoying. Yeah. Um, the characters are enthusiastic and exuberant without being overbearing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the Which... Com- <laughs> the combat has nuance to it without being overcomplicated to the point that you feel you have to like solve a puzzle every time you play a battle. Um, the story is sort of, uh, in the wheelhouse of how these things work, but it's not, um, it's not crazy. Like it's, it's not like overwrought and take itself super seriously like a square game would. Um, and, uh, in general, it just kind of takes the best of what that era had to offer and kind of melds it together into a, uh, an existing game. Like there's nothing particularly new here. But it all comes together in a way that I don't know if anyone has managed to do before. Like, it's a mix of Chrono Trigger and Mario RPG and um, Seiken Densetsu.
0: It's like this stuff. The climbing, the shimmying, there's rope walking, there's platforming. Like, a lot of this stuff didn't happen
1: in those 16-bit JRPGs back in the day. And there's a lot of... um, And if they did, they were very rudimentary. Right. And clunky Um, and weird. And there's a bunch of, uh, you know, like, there's a lot of action elements to the turn-based, you know, it's turn-based combat, but there's actually, You have to hit the button when you attack, and you'll get an extra attack in, like Mario. You have to hit the button when you get attacked, and you'll defend and take less damage. Yeah. Um, everybody, uh, you know, when, when an enemy tries to cast a spell, they'll pop a bunch of, like, symbols above them, and if you can hit them with those types of attacks before they, you know, they pop their magic off... Um, you'll cancel the attack, which is great. Or if you just happen to hit them with it a little bit, you'll lessen the damage of the attack, yeah, which yeah. makes it feel like you never really fail. Yeah, It's like, oh, I can't cancel both these attacks, but I can cancel this one and get two of the three on this one so it'll only hit me for 67%, which still feels like you did something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's very good
0: about making you feel like you're always, you always have an option. I like how the combat doesn't slow the game down. Yeah. How the skirmishes just happen. It's mm-hmm. not like this, does this spinny thing and then it takes you to this other screen. Yeah. And then there's like, out, there's like a music of,
1: sting. And, and that's straight out of Chrono Trigger. Right. That's, like
0: it's just, it just happens. All the
1: enemies are on the map yep.
0: and it, you, the fight happens right there on the map. I love that. Um, and I think it, it, for people who maybe didn't play those old JRPGs who are playing something like this now, they won't appreciate that there were very mm-hmm. few games that did that back in the day. Um, and then this, the, how do you feel about this? Like the the cinematics that just kind of pop up out of nowhere that are like mm-hmm. hand drawn. They're all right, but
1: like
0: they don't look great. Um,
1: it's weird how I think they, that's
0: where it shows its budget a little bit,
1: a little bit. I mean, it's 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 weird how the, the the animated scenes don't look as good as the character portraits. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. I mean, because the in game stuff looks amazing. This game looks incredible. There, by the way. There was no game back in the 90s that looked this good. No. Like, that's the, this is using modern technology. This might be what you remember it looking yeah. like, but it didn't look like <laughs> It did this. not look like this at all. And I think the this visuals in this game... is definitely
1: taking all of modern... You know, It's taking a lot of modern things into account in, in how they're doing it. Yeah, like, for down sure. To, down to the resolution of what you can make the character portraits look like.
0: Yeah. Um, I found the art in this to be incredible. Like To me, that was one of the things that really hit me. The environments mm. are all... Um, interesting and exciting. You want to see what's on the next screen. And that was kind of, that's something about those old games that I feel like modern games have lost. One, one thing that, that old games had that modern games have lost is how they got, look, they looked better. As the game went on, like the earlier levels were always very rudimentary and then they always saved like the best looking levels for like the last few levels. I feel like games don't really do that anymore. Well, because they learned it only about 20 percent of people never make it games, there. So yeah. they, don't want, they,
1: they front load it with the good
0: stuff. But right. But the other idea is that like as long as it's good enough to get them started, like it compels you, it should compel you to keep playing. But you're yeah. right. That has not happened over time. But the worst example being God of War
1: three, which never gets better than its opening fight.
0: Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, and then these old games where you couldn't see like what's next, like making it to that next screen. Like games don't really do that anymore. Like this game, everything looks so good and everything is so interesting that you can't wait to get to that next doorway that pans over to see that next area. Like it was just. Again, I only played this for mm-hmm. an hour, but the fee- the amount of feels that I had that took me back to those days, it was just like one after another mm-hmm. after another.
1: And- they do a good job with that, and the graphics, and the music, and yep. sort of the pacing of it. I, there's an element of um, there's a because a lot of it is not actually a direct analog to like the way they would do it back in the day, because the back in the day stuff was way clunkier most of the time. Yeah, there's a reason Chrono Trigger's held up because it's one of like the few that isn't. Yeah, um, and it, it does. This game does bring to mind a, a thing that I've seen people describe stuff like Synthwave and Retro Vaporwave as, which is uh, nostalgia for something that never happened. Yeah. And this game is like that. It's like this game panders to the nostalgia for things that you think how they yeah. were and not how they really were. It's a which feeling. Which is actually how you need to do it. It's a feeling. That's the smarter yeah. way to do it's it. It's
0: not something specific. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like Synthwave. Like Synthwave in the 80s was just top 40. Right. And if you listen to Synthwave now and go back and listen to like Madonna, get into the group. Oh, sound like it. There's nothing
1: from the 80s it sounds like. No, it. no. no. It's just it's just a concept. It's, it's, it's the um, spirit of it. It's, it's the concept it. of like, you know, home is not a place. It's a time. Right. Yeah. And you have to capture that, what people think that time feels like, not what it really felt like. Yeah. Um, That's this game. This, yeah. by the way, is one of the failings of Stranger Things.
0: That's a good point. Because actually. Because
1: Stranger Things fails to do that because all the time. What
0: Stranger Things does is it just goes back and looks at what was popular right. and just tries to jam it into the show in some way. Right, and, and if you were there, you realize feel like that's it at not all. how it was. Yeah, no. even the arcade scenes in Stranger Things just no. feel a little off. A little off. It's, it's not dingy enough. No. It's too pristine and clean and yeah, day glow. Tilt didn't look like that. There wasn't said, some dude like burning his cigarette on the Street Fighter arcade machine, mm-hmm. like burning like a gouge into the top. Like that's what arcades were. But when you see them in Stranger Things, that's they're mm-hmm. all like all perfect and clean, and everybody's like and nice, they're all dressed and in the, the perfect
1: things. screen accurate yeah. Ghostbusters costumes. You're like, no, no, not what happened. That's not
0: then. how it was. Yeah, there were fights at the arcade. Like, oh yeah, there was. So anyway, you're right. There was right. that one guy who was shaking everybody's hand when
1: they came and you're like, oh, he's yeah. really friendly. No, he's, he's selling the drugs. Yeah, That's what he's yeah, there for. He wants to
0: meet it took you. took me years to figure out
1: what that dude I was. I thought the arcade just had like a greeter.
0: Yeah. Like, Halfway Like Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Swanlin asks, uh, did you get bored or sick of the charging feature after a while? Not. I mean, um, I only played an hour so I'm not the right person no. to answer that.
1: Um... That what he's talking about? It, you get to that where the orbs start popping out of the guys. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, he's like basically you absorb the orbs and you get a powered up thing. No, yeah. I think that's integral enough to how you need to get through and, and cancel the spells. That um, because the thing about that is like early on you're like okay well now this guy's thing is it's a it's a blunt weapon and it's two blunt weapons and a moon. Mm-hmm. But how can I do that when I, all I can do I can do two blunt weapon attacks with her. Or I could do moon attack in a blunt weapon with the with this crescent slice. Or I can do moon attacks repeatedly with the moonarang, which by the way is a great little mini game. Yeah, bounce the bounce the moonarang back and forth. You get like a, points for how better better damage based on, and like you can get that going. A it's long a little time. bit like Mario RPG in yeah. some ways. Yeah, and like, um, but like, and you're like, okay, how do I do that? Well, it turns out when you absorb the orbs it magifies your attack. So I can do the two, at- the two blunt attack, but it counts as a moon attack because I've gotten the magic orbs. Uh. So it becomes part of the strategy of, and what you can add. And so like deciding which character gets to absorb the orbs becomes, and becomes a thing. And if you can power, really power it up, you have the other two attack normally drop twice, m- double the orbs and then have the third one absorb it, go in and that can sometimes win you the fight. Like, the, the strategy and how you figure out how it all works is really satisfying. And, I mean, maybe another 20 hours I'll get sick of it. But, yeah. like, uh, so for now, no. it's, it's still interesting. And every time you run into a new area and there's different enemies and they do different things and their attacks have different timing to block them. Mm-hmm. And, like, their, their mix of elements you need are different uh, to, to counter them. Like, it's all very satisfying. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't have a single negative thing to say. About I don't either, this
0: actually. But I, again, I only played an hour of it. I'm, but I'm spellbound yeah. by it already, and I want to play more. Even with Starfield sitting there, even with like a bunch of games I need to play for next week's show, I want to spend more time with Sea mm-hmm. of Stars for sure. Um, if you're into the you know the classic JRPGs from the '90s, like this is a no-brainer purchase, really. Yeah, even if you are into
1: that and don't think modern takes on it work very well, yeah, this one does. It
0: does. Yeah, this is
1: the one that got it right.
0: Music is also
1: what I played great.
0: Yeah, like just
1: all across the board. Like I'm, I'm. Yeah, I don't back. I mean, obviously, this was a while, a couple of years ago, but I don't back video game kickstarters much anymore. But I did back this one, and Ayudan Chronicles are basically the last ones I have left. And this, they, they nailed it. I'm hoping Iudin Chronicles delivers like this. One. Oh, I would very much like Iuden Chronicles to be as good as this. Yeah.
0: Would, that would be wonderful. Cynatic says some Synthwave is more faithful to the eighties. Um some? Um truce. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is, man. Like if you like if you go back, if you listen to the Synthwave bands now. And go back and listen to the music from the '80s. It was way more saccharine and poppy than what yeah. synthwave is. Synthwave is kind of dark at times.
1: Yeah, like the closest you'd probably get was like some of the some of the the less popular like new wave stuff in the yeah. early '80s kind of had right that element. the stuff that was kind of on the fringe. But yeah. those also weren't using the synth stuff no, to the right. same degree. Yeah. So it's like synthwave is a, is a conglomeration of a bunch of ideas that we have and feelings we had about that era overall. It is yeah. not an, a replication of any kind of music from the time. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, I
0: wish Synthwave was around in the eighties. <laughs> which is not a criticism
1: of Synthwave. It, yeah. Like I, I love that. I you know I saw the Midnight in concert last a couple months ago. It was it was great. Yeah. I, I, I love all that stuff. But it's because it evokes this feeling for the this feelings. thing that never yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, which is a valid thing. Yeah. It's a valid way to do it. And it's always more important that something be true than for it to be real when it comes to art. I agree. That's a very succinct and uh, very true. And Steve Stars is true.
0: It is, even if it's not really what those games were like. No, no, it's it's managed to reimagine it for a new audience. Yeah, very well. So that's also, I mean, again, I I
1: think it'll hit your nostalgia if you were there and like those games. I think it'll still be a good game to you if you've never played those games.
0: I agree. Yeah, and again, it stands on its own. mm -hmm. And I've only played an hour. So I'm just gonna remind you of that. But what I've played of it so far was amazing. It's like the cheapest way to go back to like my childhood. <laughs> Which, by the way, like we were saying though, it really wasn't my childhood. Mm-hmm. It's what my mind has flavored my childhood to be over years and years. Yeah, don't go back and play those again. No, exactly. Not yeah. gonna... This is better. <laughs> That's what we're getting at. Um Yeah. And Barry Lomax says the production today is also insane. Technology is so advanced. Yeah, the production yeah. of music is so insane. It really is. Like I just got um, the new Slow Dive album, and um, the production on that album is insane. There's one song that starts, and like you can just hear like a hiss. And I at first thought that it was like a mistake that they had horribly recorded the track, or maybe they were intentionally trying to make it sound like you're listening to the song on like cassette or something. And then if you're wearing your AirPods with spatial audio, that hiss takes off and goes above your head and spins around your head like a halo. Hmm. Like the stuff that they're doing in music now is crazy, crazy awesome. So to your point, you're right. There are technological advancements in audio now that make <laughs> modern stuff sound better.
1: It's true. Yes, Melo Pintor. Shane has already made excuses for the Steelers. Yeah. That
0: was the beginning of the show. Yeah, you got here late. And it was just <laughs> one game. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, people. They started two and four last year and did just fine. So anyway, if he's the guy that bet, that bet against Mike Tomlin finally having his first losing season. I'll just remind you of that. Uh, so anyway... That's Sea of Stars, two thumbs up from Game Face on that one. Highly recommended. Mm-hmm. It's available for everything. I think it's on Game Pass. Yes, and PlayStation Plus. I don't know about PlayStation. I, I don't at think it's free. Plus. I think it's a part of one of those four hundred dollars tiers know. that you can pay I got, for. Now. I got a
1: code for PC for Steam and PlayStation and PlayStation from my Kickstarter, so mm-hmm. I didn't look at that, but I did see it's on Game Pass. Yep.
0: Uh, so anyway, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, dive on in. I think you'll love it. If you can pull yourself away from Starfield. Next up.
1: I'm still disappointed in the lack of uh, Garfield
0: jokes about Starfield.
1: No, oh, yeah,
0: Starfield. I should have I, done better with the lower third as
1: well. I took a picture of. I, I found a one of the. It was actually a pretty cool place. It was a. I was on a ship, a derelict ship, and the gravity kept failing. So everything would float for a while, and then everything would drop back down. Yeah, to work your way through it. And I found up there was a mug that just said it, said it was like a. It didn't say I hate Mondays, but it just it said I think it said Mondays. Am I right? Yeah. And, I, and I took a, like a picture of it floating in midair in front of my character's face. And I put it, I put it on, on Twitter and said, said, confirm, Starfield hates Mondays. And no one got it. Because <laughs> no we're too old. Uh, well, Star- Garfield's still
0: around. The young audience, I don't think, knows Garfield. Everybody though. knows Garfield. Do you think they know that he loves lasagna? I think the only thing they know is he hates Mondays and loves lasagna.
1: <laughs> the Monday thing has never made any sense, though, because he doesn't have a
0: job. Right. Why would it matter? Days don't matter to cats. No. Well, maybe he actually misses John. Oh, that's true. Secretly, <laughs> secretly Sadly. heartwarming. Sad. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. It's time for name that game. But before we do that, we have a word from our other awesome sponsor, SoundWizardry.com. <clears throat> Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breadth of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Way 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com. And let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. A big thanks to SoundWizardry.com for supporting Gameface and Sifted. Head to SoundWizardry.com if you have any sound needs. They've done a bunch of stuff for us, they've fixed borked episodes of Gameface. Uh, when we've had audio issues, they've actually done a lot of work for us behind the scenes that you guys don't know about. Um, they created the jingle for when we get achievements on the site. So if you get an achievement on Sifted, the little thing that pops up, the animation, the whole, the sound effect for that was created by sound Wizard, SoundWizardry.com. They do a ton of stuff. Obviously worked on Baldur's Gate 3 where the audio is incredible. Head to SoundWizardry.com for any of your sound needs. And now it's See time better. Seeing the Alan Wake footage and they reminded me that uh, out Alone in the Dark made the wise
1: choice and, and bailed out to next year.
0: Meanwhile, a bunch of other games keep announcing release dates for October. Mm-hmm. Again,
1: call the Duh Consulting Agency. <laughs> Duh! Like, what are you doing? I mean, it's even kind of a shame that Sea of Stars ended up where it did. Yeah. But... Uh, it worked out okay, though. It all right. It's a different, different thing. For sure. I don't feel... it. it, it it's almost like a nice little refreshing drink after, yeah. after Starfield Lemonade. for nine
0: hours. That cool refreshing drink. <laughs> All right. It's time for... Okay, I'm just going to go out on a limb right now. And I'm going to say we're going to make it to at least the third image in today's Name That Game. At least the third. And I think this might be the first one in a long time that it takes to the fifth image for you guys to get it. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about you guys all the time. You literally blow my mind every week. I don't know why I even bother saying stuff like this anymore, but I'm pretty confident that this one will at least make it to the third image, but we'll see. Uh, Name that game is very simple. I show you five screenshots. You try to name the game that those screenshots are from before Matt Kyle. There's a couple things to do or think of before you play. If you won already this year, do not play. If you will not play a PC game or you don't have a friend who will play a PC game, please do not play. And the third thing is the chat is on slow mode, slow mode, which means you can only put in one chat comment per 60 seconds. So do not spam the chat with a bunch of random game names hoping you get it right. You never will get it right. Matt, have you ever thought about like if people (coughs) like sit at home and just try to type in random codes into like PSN and Xbox to see if they can just guess codes? Probably. Do you think you could do it? i don't know i don't know i mean, think playstation codes you might be able to because there's only what nine letters or numbers or whatever the codes aren't as long for playstation yeah i don't know i mean it's still a lot of
1: combinations it is but I'm, it seems I'm like i'm sure there's like nine-year-old kids with no money that, <laughs> that they're
0: all day punching yeah. in codes anyway uh those are the rules for name that game they're pretty simple uh, we have five images to get through and we're just about to show you the first one are you ready to go matt Sure. Even, all right. though, even though there's a cat in the way. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The kid Luna's trying to give you a handicap so you can't see the screenshots. All right. Here we go. Here's the first image for name, that, game, and go. Somebody gets it from this. Hmm. They're cheating. That's all i got to say. See if we got any guesses. Watchdogs, no. Even Watch Dogs had higher res than that. Grand Theft Auto 5, no. Last of Us, no. Red Dead Redemption 2, no. Um, I know what it is, but I won't say it. The title ends... Uh, you shouldn't even say that. Watch Dogs 2, no. Baldur's Gate, no. Dishonored. <laughs> no, it's not Dishonored. Dishonored. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, Ashes in the Hourglass is wrong, so don't take his, uh, his sure. advice. He may be just trying to throw you off of the scent. Um, okay, I think that's the last guess. I didn't think anybody would get it from this first one, and nobody did. And here is image two. That's a much better hint.
2: Huh
0: infamous no deus ex mankind divided no from yeah. sergio Bronzi. <laughs> um. black flag no saints row no spider-man no that's a good guess gta 4 no that's a good guess barry lomax says i heard that luna spider-man no call of duty Warzone no mirror's edge no battlefield 3 no dying light no yakuza no has never had a Vista like that. No. Dying Light, no. Modern Warfare, no. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint? Nope. Uh, Just Cause 3, no. Flight Simulator, no. That's a pretty good guess, though. Matrix Demo, no. Another good guess. Call of Duty Warzone, nope. I can see why, because that one trailer, everything's on the rooftops. Oh! Wow. He got it. Ashes in the Hourglass ended up getting it, which is bizarre. That didn't end in ER. Yeah. What is going on here, Ashes in the Hourglass? (laughs) Well, it didn't make it to the third image. I don't know how he got it. That's kind of crazy. That's the only Battlefield I've never played. Yeah. That's why nobody played it. That's why I figured nobody would ever get it. Like I really thought nobody was going to get this one. I thought it would go all the way to five, and I'd have to tell you guys what the game was. And I, So I'm, I'm curious how he thought, where, where's the E.D.? Like, <laughs> this is such a weird name, that game. Maybe he forgot the L in Battlefield. Battlefield. <laughs> fe- Battlefield. Yeah. Uh, and Mellow Pitchmore says, I was it. never going to get that. Nobody played the game. Yeah, it's totally true. I can't believe that Ashes in the Hourglass got it. Shniki says it's the only Battlefield I've played. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Man doesn't know about like basic wow. video game
0: stuff, but he's played this Battlefield. That's bizarre, wow. Ashes. I don't know how he got it. Anyway, here's the last three screenshots. There's one. That's number three. And I thought somebody might get it from that. And then number four shows the destruction in the game, which should have mm-hmm. driven people to Battlefield. And then they think about the other screenshots, and then maybe they get Hardline. And then here's the fifth one, which actually shows, like, the masked enemies, which was a big part mm. of Hardline and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, another round of applause for Ashes and the Hourglass. I'm going to assume you didn't cheat. I don't know how you got it, but I'm going to assume you did not cheat. Um, and as usual uh, to collect your free game ashes, just, uh, send us a DM. You can do it here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash sifted games. You can do it on Twitter. I'm at dinfire or to sifted on Twitter at sifted games, or you can send me a DM on sifted where I am at Shane. Any of those will work and I'll get back to you and get you your free code. Congratulations once again. And we do have about 10 minutes for Q and a, if you guys are interested, um, as always, uh, Put your questions at Sifted Games so we can pluck them out of the rest of the conversation. And we already have a smorgasbord of some questions already. Um, I think I saw Vincent ask one. Yeah. Thoughts on Unity trying to bankrupt indie devs? That's funny because Matt asked me why it wasn't on the rundown before the show today. Um, and I just told him that I just thought it was too in the weeds. And I didn't think our audience, even our audience, would want to uh, mm. would hear about it. So, I think mean, it's basically another, like, What? Just How? really dumb. That's, How that, did my that first happen? thought is just dumb. Like, why and dumb? Like, they, 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 just should, they should remove in the Ricciardi for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody it's should get fired. Unbelievably stupid. Because it literally may have just killed their business. Even just yeah. someone talking about it, it's like too late now. You can't put like in the Like, the mid, and, lo- the mid and
1: small level publishers are never going to touch Unity again. It's crazy. Because they're going to be a word that's going to happen again.
0: Uh, again, contact the Duck Consulting Agency or just email shane at sifted.net. Give me 500 bucks and I'll keep you from making the dumbest mistake of your life. It's crazy. I I don't know. I have no idea why it would do that, unless it was just struggling so horribly financially, which it wasn't, though. Like, by all accounts, it was doing fine financially. So I don't know what was going on there. It was a dumb move, and it literally— Probably just greed. And it literally may have just completely doomed Unity. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, Unreal's like, hey, did you know in our, in our contract, if you don't like an update we make, you can just stick
0: with the old version and nothing changes? Yeah. Uh, Zed Saber Juno, why have you not done Name That Game using games from the PS2, Xbox, or earlier generations? I've done a few. Been a couple. Um, but I consider our audience most you most of you guys aren't as old as matt and i and i don't want everyone i want people to win i guess is what i'm getting those aren't
1: that old what'd you say those aren't that old
0: uh ps2 xbox 20 years old yeah i mean most of
1: these people are in their 30s
0: they would have been playing that as kids they're probably gonna be better at those yeah maybe actually i've considered it um the other problem too is that like they look so bad that like when you put them in that little window it just yeah. some
1: of them are just gonna be smudges
0: (laughs) it's like they don't work that well, but duly
1: noted, I will consider. Yeah. Every once in a while, I, I guess the game a few couple weeks ago did Pac-Man. Oh, and like you'd be shocked at how hard it is to tell a power pellet is when it has no
0: context or Right? Anything. Yeah, so. it's just a dot. Yeah. And I've thought about it. I've fiddled around with it too, with like some of like the 16-bit and 8-bit games. Um, we did Pitfall not that long ago. Yeah. Perfect yeah. example. And you guys got that like that which made me not want to do it again. <laughs> oh. Just so you know, I just think it works better with modern games. But I'll Just pull out one of the most obscure
1: Atari 2600 games you could ever remember, like that fucking Colgate thing.
0: I was just home, and I saw in my old bedroom at my mom's house my stack of Atari 2600 games. Like, Riddle of the Sphinx was on top mm-hmm. of one of the stacks. Like, there's a bunch of just random games. But again, you look at the art. Like, when I was a kid, I looked at the art, mm. and that's what I built in my mind of what the games are supposed to look like. It's really funny. Um, I love how Melo Pintor gifted a tier one sub to Ashes in the Hourglass after he won name that game you're good people Um, OCD Master 1 where does Starfield stand in the game of the year conversation for you guys personally I don't want to talk about game of the year yet I know every other podcast does like a bi-monthly game of the year check-in we hold our cards close to our vests until we do our game of the year awards at the end of the year so you'll have to glean that information based upon how we talk about each game throughout the year and you have to wait until our game of the year awards at the end of the year um aj the legend watson how do you plan on attacking october we, we, i don't know <laughs> like i talked about this earlier in the show i don't know what we're gonna do we're gonna do our best that's all i can say um to try to cover everything um, that's all we can do there's so many games coming out so we'll figure it out we'll get a plan together yeah. and only one do, of them matters though <laughs> only one spider-man well that's I, the only one that matters to you in October you're gonna have to remind me what else comes out that month I well guess. you'll finish spider-man in like a day or two I mean those it games is. are generally like 15 hours long mm-hmm. unless this was an anomaly which it could be I think this
1: one's gonna surprise people be pretty big yeah but like I don't know what, what else
0: is in October I mean it's like everything's coming out in that month forza Alan Wake know? like it just goes on okay, and you're on. gonna have to keep you keep going till you get to a game <laughs> I care about yeah I hear you. Um, Melo Pintor also gave a, uh, has given 10 gift subs in the channel. Thank you man. that's really awesome. We appreciate it. Um, you know making people feel welcome when they come here you guys are almost as important to that as we are. so you guys are awesome and we appreciate it. Um, who else we got? Swollen are these pictures in order of how they occur in the game like no huh <laughs> definitely not no no like i'll be honest with I you. i didn't even realize frame did
1: that for movies until you said that but you're right they they the the move the the, the the pictures on that are in order in the movie yeah that's the
0: hardest part honestly for some of these games is finding five good screenshots that i can show you in sequence that eventually reveal things so you don't get it like on the first one like I know you guys may not think it, but there's a lot of thought and work that goes into name that game. And it's really sad for me whenever I do that and you guys guess it on the first image, but that's the way it goes. Um, So no, like I couldn't really do that and make it a good game, I don't think. Um, Eric Cartman is what week will Canada get fired? I don't think that they'll fire him, unfortunately, for whatever reason, Mike Tomlin seems to love him and the Steelers heart. I don't know if they've ever fired a coach midseason ever in like the the franchise's entire history so i don't think they'll fire him i think they'll just ride it out or they'll keep him on the team and someone else on the team will actually start calling the plays and they'll just make it look like he's still calling the plays that's just not how the Steelers operate for better or worse um blitz is nine do you guys think we'll ever get a rockstar game that isn't gta or red dead so tired of that two game cycle that's a really good question yeah bully two which clearly exists. It exists, but it may never come out. Yeah. Like Rockstar is I'll I'll tell you this
1: one, I don't think we're ever gonna get another Red Dead. Really? No. How come? Because Red Dead 2 for all the praise did not clear, clearly did not do what they wanted it to do. It sold like, like forty
0: or fifty million copies. They
1: want it to be an eternal online thing.
0: I, I get that, but forty or fifty million copies is a lot, man. I don't I don't that's like the third best selling oh, sure. game oh, of all for sure. time.
1: But this is Rockstar and they're yeah. crazy. Yeah. And they that, are <laughs>
0: They it, are like maybe maybe
1: only maybe like only the only company with less realistic expectations for things than square yeah and I feel like because the online portion of that did not hit the way they wanted it
0: to they will probably drift away from it I mean I think the chances of that are are slim because it just takes them so long to make the games that like that two game cycle is like a 13 year cycle mm-hmm. and they, both games have proven to sell through the roof like bully didn't sell that well. All their other franchises sold okay, but not amazing. And I, to Matt's point, like I think their expectations for sales are so high at this point. I don't unless I would say maybe a new IP has a better chance mm-hmm. of breaking that cycle than one of their old IP because yeah. I mean, they already Bo- know what that old IP. I mean, IP Bully can do. Two
1: clearly exists. It does. Like there's way too much smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, will they ever put it out? Who knows? The, the, I mean, the rumor is this is the third
0: version of it. Right. So who knows? Yeah. Okay, we'll answer one more before we go. Um, oh my gosh, El Guapo, Stig just left EA. Did
1: yeah, you see that? Yeah, it happened right as the show was
0: starting. No way! Where do you think he lands next? Why did he leave? No, I didn't see it. Maybe because they promoted somebody else above him? Uh, maybe he doesn't want to make another Star Wars game. It seemed like he loves Star Wars. Where did he land? He could land anywhere. Wherever he wants. Wherever he wants, really. I mean. Anybody would take him. Yeah, he's great. Be crazy not to take yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised at that. Like, EA, that's a mistake by EA. They should have done what they needed to keep him. Yeah, unless he left for other reasons. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like his boss is probably going to get promoted to heights at EA. And I think maybe Stig. <laughs> whatever, whatever that's worth. I mean, money and money, pre- power like- and prestige a lot at EA. Well, I wonder I Stig then hoped that he would get promoted to Studio Head at Respawn, mm-hmm. and maybe that didn't happen. I don't know. I'm just making stuff yeah, up. But that's crazy. EA screwed up majorly by not keeping him. They should have done whatever they could to keep him, and obviously they didn't. So that's a shame. I'm surprised to hear that. Like, really surprised. Yeah. Okay, well, that's going to do it for Game Phase 357. It's awesome to be back. It's awesome to do the show again. Thanks to everybody who showed up on this off day, this Wednesday. Um, I totally get it that that's out of the ordinary for us, Um, and you guys have schedules that you keep and all that kind of stuff, so we really appreciate you guys showing up. Thanks to all our patrons and subscribers on Sifted, and all those people who were patient while I was gone for a week on vacation. I didn't get Game Face last week, and I do apologize for that. But I think I filled in the gaps pretty well. I know I busted my butt trying to do it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the content that came through the channels while I was out. If you're watching the show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services, and it's on all of them, um, please head to patreon.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And give us a pledge. Um, it's $4 a month. It really is crazy how hard it is to get people to spend four dollars a month on hours of entertainment versus like a coffee, yeah. like that's gone in five minutes. It's weird how people value their money in strange ways. But if you could see it, find it in your good heart to uh, help us out, we're grinding along here, doing our best. We're not making much money. Head to Patreon.com/sifted and drop us a pledge. And if you don't have any money, I get it. I've been there. I'm kind of there right now. Um, You can still help us out with Twitch Prime. And if you're watching the show on YouTube, the instructions to do that are down below. Or if you're just one of our patrons or one of our subscribers on Sifted, please go do that now because a lot of you guys have stopped doing it and we'd really appreciate it. It makes a big, big difference for us. Um, Once again, thanks to LS Cream and soundwizardry.com for sponsoring Game Face. It makes a big, big difference for us and we appreciate them so much. So you guys have a good week. We'll be back in six days here with another episode of Game Face with another round of games to talk about and we're excited about it. So we'll see you next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash Sitted Games. Until then, have a great week. Game Face is up and out.